arch. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 45 of the Shivanetti Show. Today, we've got a very special guest, uh, a kid that I basically grew up with. Um, him and his, his brother was my age, um, but he was a year older, and uh, you know we played sports together growing up. Um, but he goes by the name of Dylan Gilbert. Dylan, appreciate you for coming on. No and, problem. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. How you doing? I'm good. You know, it's got to work out in, so. Um, there it yeah. is. Yeah. Let's pump a little bit. You know <laughs> yeah. um, let's, let's talk so about good. that, though. Like, so you're, uh, basically explain, like, what you kind of do. You're a personal trainer, right? So, um, so more than that. Like, personal training is kind of like a, uh, it's like frowned upon. Okay. This, uh, <laughs> just because the there's so much more education and so many more certifications and, Okay, um, fair enough. Into it. So it's actually called, like, a, it's a performance coach. Human okay. performance coach, sports performance coach, something along those lines. Um, so what I do is I'm, at, I'm working at Flay High Strength Training now. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we train athletes from, I mean, like, age 8 to pro athletes, you know, age whatever, however old they are, right? Mm -hmm. So normally we do have younger pro athletes, so they're, like, 24 four to 28 but I'm sure they'll be with us until the um, their career is, is done but uh, so what we do is we go over nutrition with them um, we really focus on performance and not like you know one rep maxes or anything like that um, keeping them on the field keeping them performing keeping them healthy so um, yeah so you're their crucial like off-season guy off-season and in-season in yeah both so like if they're away right so we got a guy in Pittsburgh right now he's on the Pirates um, we just give him pretty much like the rundown. We give him like a four-week program kind of based off of his pitching appearances, off of, you know, how he's feeling. He's on the DL right now, so now we're kind of working through that. Okay. And then with also his professional uh, performance coach in Pittsburgh. You said he's on the DL. Do you guys have like medical staff as well, um, like signed to tra uh, Flay Hive, or how does that work? So our coaches are super well-rounded. Well okay. So we know... Um, a bunch of things, you know, ranging from very, some of the sim simpler things of physical therapy, PT, ranging all the way to strength and um, longevity and stability and all that. So, okay. so you guys are full service, basically, yes. for these athletes yes. in all aspects, yeah. mentally. And yeah, the, the versatility of our coaches are second to none. Yeah, like cool. We have just a huge, well-rounded um, amount of knowledge in mm -hmm. each and every one, and each and every one has a different strength. So, like, you know, you come to me for something, you go to Billy for something, you go to Vinny for something else. And it's all, it all aligns very nicely. Okay. Now, and I can attest to what he's saying about it, not using the, the word personal trainer. Personal trainer yeah, is disingenuous yeah. to what it does. I trained at a performance gym for three months with the guy who ran the performance gym at the time was uh, a close mentor of mine. Okay. Right? And <clears throat> he would do this with everybody that was there. It was primarily high school kids wanting to go play in college. I had no desire to play any sport in college. I was just brought along because this guy was more of a mentor to me anyway. He was like, come train at this gym. Over those like three to six months that I was there, I would watch him basically like, it wasn't, it had, the performance aspect of the training was about 40%. Mm -hmm. The other 60% was stuff you just don't get like anywhere else. Like they're watching film and making tailored workouts to specifically to this linebacker class that's going into they're all they're all they all have d1 offers mm -hmm. and like that time period between your senior year and going in your first year of college is like really big to springboard yourself and establish a name in your program mm -hmm. and like everything that went around that mentally 
religiously, and I know you guys probably don't do that, but like the all aspects of it, like then you go see a personal trainer at a fucking the gym you train at. And yeah. It's like, okay, you don't do shit. Yeah. You know, compared yeah. to this. Understood for sure. Yeah, I mean there are good personal trainers out there, but for the most part. For the most, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like most of your gyms. For man. the most part, and I'm glad you touched on that, like the mental side of things. Like that's a huge deal. You know, yeah. we get really talented athletes, very talented, and they get in their head or they're afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something along those lines, and it's like, okay, you know, like you said, you need a mentor as well. So that's where like the whole performance comes in, where it's not just physical, it's mental, injury prevention. All the above. So when you get these kids, like let's say you get a high school kid, right? Do they? Do you have a certain amount of time that you're with them, or do you encourage them to stay with you like two to three years to, to see like that progression and like how they're doing, or what? What's that work? Well, it's all about consistency. Okay. Right. So like, we would love for them to stay as long as possible, and mm-hmm. then when they go to college and then come back, we'd love for them to come with us, right? Like come back and work out with us for Thanksgiving break, winter break, whatever it is. Um, we have. A plan in place so a very big misconception is there's two of them one you know we get a lot of baseball guys who come in trying to get ready for a combine the combines in two weeks right right. like you can't right. do much in two weeks right okay you're coming in six times within those two weeks mm-hmm. and, you, and you think you're gonna get you're gonna shave point two off your 60 yard dash it's like mm-hmm. it's not how it works you need to be consistent they need six months exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and then another misconception is you can't train in season that is probably the worst thing you can do is not train in season. Because mm-hmm. everything you just built is now going, you're not maintaining it. So you're actually losing in season. Now there are smart ways to train in season so you're not burnt out. You know, we're not doing three hour workouts in season, but like 20 minutes, 30 minutes goes a long way. And mainly what we do with performance is to make sure you perform to your level. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming that in season training is more sharpening the blade. Exactly. Than necessarily the off season where you're forging it. Exactly. So like, for example, when we program for an in season program, now it all depends on who they are, right? Mm. But for example, like an off season program might consist of heavier sprint volume. So like we're looking at, you know, three forty yard dashes, two sixty yard dashes, and then maybe like a, a couple hundred yard dashes. You know, really getting out there. Mm-hmm. In season, we might just run two 30-yard dashes, and then we'll do our first block of squat, let's say, would be like a 3x2 three or a 3x3, three three. keeping the volume super low, just make sure we're maintaining that strength and Got maintain it. the speed levels, and exactly like you said, sharpening that blade. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, like, when you get guys that come in, is there like ever a, is there ever any like pushback on a program because they're used to doing a certain doing things a certain way like with the guy you talked about on the pirates like he's got his own team probably now that are telling him stuff to do so like how do you incorporate that like and mix that up so when they are at a certain level right we let like for example this pitcher we let pittsburgh pretty much handle him and then we supplement whatever he needs got it and we're also in conversation like hey you know he just got traded from the mets so you're kind of like okay this is what he you know this is what he likes this is what he understands you know mm-hmm. certain things like that like whether it's an arm care program um whether it's like hey you can handle a little bit more volume when you go lower like lower body lift um we're going to go lesser volume on the upper body lift you know certain things like that so we're definitely in conversation and then anything that is outside of it we just supplement Got so 
anything he likes to do makes him feel good. Mm. That's more of like maybe like a mental type of thing, like a mental exercise or um, kind of maybe, again, just more like more arm care, just pre- preparation for. So correct me if I'm wrong. If like, let's say like in situation, guy gets traded from the Nets and now there's like a, there may be a change in the role he needs to fill for that team, right? Are you guys kind of like looking at that, like, I mean, in the sense of a relief pitcher, like, all right, this guy's more of a, the way he fits in this team is he's more of a seventh, eighth inning guy now, not a fifth, sixth, seventh inning guy now. Are you guys kind of like throwing in, like, okay, these workouts are better for, you know, your your later inning relievers than your earlier inning middle relievers? Like, how deep does that go? So if you're a relief pitcher, pretty much, like, your role is the same, right? Okay. So whether you're coming in the seventh or eighth or ninth, you're pretty much just like, hey, get three outs. Got it. Right? right. Now you have longer relievers. Um, now the transition from BFP was to transition to a starter. Now right. that that's different because he's going five to six innings, maybe seven, eight, mm-hmm. every five days. Right. Versus one inning, two innings every three, four days. Depends. It's like a lot different on the PT side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that. That's when the goal of the programming of the coaching would change. Mm. But in terms, so he's just a relief pitcher. So now he's just pitching in Pittsburgh versus New York. So it's pretty much everything is runs the same way. We're kind of disappointed though because the Mets look good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we thought yeah. He, he might get a chance at a ring. Now he got traded to uh, to Pittsburgh. So got it. So how much of like the, the especially the strength training portions of your programs with these guys? How much of how many of these programs can your like regular dude in his twenties who's not a pro athlete use as? their programming in the sense to essentially right when you're in the off season you want to get stronger and faster right and i think if you're not playing a sport it's probably beneficial to get stronger and faster so that's something i see all the time like i used to work out at export right. with uh with Eduardo, and uh you know you see guys i mean you know they want their physique right there's right. nothing wrong with that there's right. nothing wrong with that but i would say like hey mix in a sprint or two you know what i'm saying because one i mean there's so many benefits that sprints do for you you will get bigger you will get bigger faster it boosts testosterone and it, the list goes on right so if you're very serious about your physique throwing in a sprint every now and again is good for your physique but also it's good for overall health for overall gains so um honestly anybody could do it like you you can go to a park and sprint and then you can go lift at your big box gym or whatever it is right so um, I would encourage some people, if you're listening, you know, to try it. You know, hey, mix in, a, you know, five sprints at 30 yards. You know, mm-hmm. mix it in. So, that, so that's what you said. So give me, give me somewhat concrete numbers here, because I, I I'm currently not doing sprints. Okay. Lifting six days a week. Okay. So you're. So what would you say? What are you your say? splits? I I basically do PPL twice over. Okay. But then you know one of those days on the PPL is more strength based, or on like a chest and shoulders day it's more shoulder focused gotcha and then the second day is more rep based hypertrophy days okay so when you do your leg days so your two leg days in the week what's yeah. the first day is it more the first so the first day it's more it's more strength based because it's heavier on the deadlift right okay and then the second day is you know i'm doing much much lighter squats goblet squats gotcha. and then wrapping deadlifts okay so what i would say is how many blocks is your heavier day like, how many workouts are you doing? Like, you've got trap art, deadlift, then what do you got? Oh, how many, like, different exercises? Yeah. Probably about six. 
about six. Okay, six. Yeah. Okay. Six, and then on, on light days, I'll probably total total set volume is anywhere from like 17, 15 to seventeen. Okay. If because they're on the heavier heavier right. side, and then like the back and arm days, those will go to like twenty two. Okay. Twenty two set volume. Okay. Are you trying to hit a certain number on that deadlift? Uh, or yes, or because kinda, okay. be, because I basically had a condition called spondylolisthesis I got from my senior year, which okay. is basically long story short, the supporting bones around my L5 disc aren't there. So okay. it's slips, right? Okay. So it's a chronic disease. So I didn't deadlift for about four or five years, okay. just too much pain. So recently when I started, I could. So I, I'm just trying to work up, but safely, because I can't just be like, let's throw 50 more pounds on today, because I feel, you know, uh, ambitious. Right. You know, right. There, there, there's a game there, but yeah. That. So what I would do is I would, for your heavy deadlift day. Yeah. What I would do is I, what do you lift? I lift at the Chicago Athletic Club. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I just saw you had a field out here and a track. Right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I would do, I would try it. Okay, now we have to build up, right? Because you will be sore from sprinting. Sure, sure. Um, so I would go, let's say, three to five sprints okay. at 30 to 50 yards. That's what I would okay. do. So I'd warm up, you know, get your warm up in, yep. make sure you're activated. Yep. And then you go three to five sprints at 40, you know, 30, 50 yards, and then you go deadlift. And mm -hmm. you will see... So do the sprints starts. first. Yes, you always sprint first. You always, you like sprint and jump first, and then you lift. Because I'm sure you've seen this where they say, you got it, you got to have your lift first, and then you do your cardio, because if you do your cardio first, you're going to burn out your lifts, and your lifts won't be that good. So that... Well, there is value to that. I mean, right. like, if you're trying to hit a PR on deadlift, I probably would not sprint that day. But if you're trying, you know... That's why we call it training matches. Right. right? right. Like you're training to, to hit that PR. Right. So now we add the sprint in. We add maybe a couple plyos in, like jumping, going side right, to side, right, whatever right, it is. Right. Now we're more activated. You might even hit more weight on your deadlift because you're more activated. Right. But, right, okay. you know, let's say you do six weeks of five sprints at 50 yards before you deadlift. Yeah. You will see a difference. For sure. Goes. For sure. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. No, that's huge. So how many days are you saying sprint both leg days? So it depends on, I mean, it depends on your goals. It depends what motivates you, right? So like if, if, if you like more of the hypertrophy side, that's cool. Um, what I do is I sprint twice a week. I focus on acceleration one day and I focus on top speed another day. So acceleration is anywhere from zero to 40 yards. And then top speed is anywhere from like 50 to 100 yards, 50 to 110 yards. Got it. So... Um, that's how I do it. I am training for something specific, athletically. Mm -hmm. So it's not, maybe that's not a type of split for you know a normal person who's just focused on you know getting stronger, getting their physique right. Mm -hmm. But one day, at least sprinting one day a week is very very beneficial for your overall gains and your overall health. Yeah, for sure. What, so your background? How'd you get into this? Because you're pretty well versed. Like, did you you went to school for this? Correct. I did. So actually, how I got into it was seventh grade, St. Ed's football. Um, I never played football, organized football before. Right. And, you know, there's something in me that, you know, I just want to be the best at everything I do. So what I did was I was focused on, in terms of measurables, like 40-yard dash, broad jump, bench you know stuff they measure at the combine because mm -hmm. i was so trying this, to this be, was in seventh grade this is in seventh grade so you were 12 that's sick, yes <laughs> yeah. yeah so i would research everything right yeah and then just kind of snowball from there i get you know 
a little more information here, a little more information here, experiments that would snowball into something else and something else and something else. And now um, I was actually programming for my um, baseball team and then that helped me a lot too on a, on a program because when you program for teams, man, it is a different animal because of equipment, space, time, different so levels. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many variables. So that was a good experience. And then I went to school for it and I went to three different colleges. Well, you might get into that. Um, <laughs> but again, like I think that was the best thing because it made me see so many different perspectives on strength training. Mm -hmm. And I know if I only got one perspective, like if I only went, if I only went to you know a specific one school, that I wouldn't have that other outside information that I got from going to these different schools and experiencing the different strength coaches and how they run things and how they program. Got so it. I'm very grateful for that. I've been a lot of places. I've experienced a lot of things. I do a lot of research been with a lot of great coaches that have taught me a lot of great things. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much the journey. And now I just keep learning going forward. And for you, what sport, because I know you were a three-sport athlete at one point, correct? Yes. So at what, what sport for you was the one where you felt like you could, you know, take it to the next level? So my sophomore year, um, Arizona State reaches out. Mm -hmm. They were, well, so they saw me in Indiana. It was called the PBR Futures Games. Okay, they saw me in, uh, in Indiana, I believe it was. Yeah, it was Grant Park in Indianapolis. And the, Indi the Indiana University, University of Indiana, Indiana University. Indiana University. Yeah, okay. the so IU, yeah, yeah. yeah, Hoosiers. Yeah. So the IU coach, I believe his name was Tracy Cox. He got hired by Arizona State. So now he's recruiting in Indiana because he knows the Midwest is full of baseball players. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are nasty, dude. Like, you look at Louisville. They're all from the early, you know, they get a bunch of kids from the Midwest and the South don't just don't recruit here and they're missing out. So now, you know, Tracy knows that. So he's trying to recruit in Indiana. So Arizona State reaches out and I honestly, I'm not that interested in Arizona State at the time. So what they're saying is now at the time, they're not they're not D1 hockey, they're club hockey. So I wasn't going to be a three sport division one college athlete at the yeah. time, but they were offering football and baseball at the time so you could play both if you wanted to if i wanted to and then they threw that in, is crazy and then man. they threw in club hockey there which if i went there they were going to be d1 That's so I'm Bo jackson fucking thing. <laughs> i don't know how that would have went but uh but yeah so like mainly short to make a long story short it would have been baseball it would, and that's a whole nother story of why i'm here instead of uh well, well, I mean, we could we could go into that too, right? Like, of course. Like, um, so you did go D one for baseball. So I went to, so I. The MLB draft is, a crapshoot basically. Yeah. I mean, you don't have. I mean, you really just have no idea. So, I was hearing that I was going to be. Top six of tenth round pick. Couldn't agree on a number signing bonus, so I go undrafted. Okay, so what's next is I go to Heartland Community College, right by Illinois State. Got, wait, b before we so get there. Is that out of high school? Yeah, yeah. Is that out of high school? So out of high school, you're going to be, well, they're telling you you're going to be an MLB draft pick. And yeah. who were you talking to at the time before, because you said you couldn't agree on a number signing bonus. Who were you talking to at that time? So um, hired an advisor, an agent basically, and he was doing all the communication. Mm -hmm. So how it was is my number was over 500k 
uh-huh. over 500k signing bonus because I knew what I brought to the table. Right? right. You know, there were guys that were over 10th round getting 500k. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at six to 10th round. That's don't quote me. I don't think that's a. I think that's a little more than slot value. But when you're in high school, you have all the leverage. Right. So like for example, if I was a senior in college, they can sign me for a ham sandwich, and I'd have to go right because yeah. I can't go anywhere else. So I have all the leverage. So that's why they. That's why you see these high school players with such large signing bonuses, even in the later rounds. And correct me wrong. That premium they're paying too is the fact that you can't go to college after you make you sign that contract. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. So you know, so it's basically like this is it. Yeah, you go straight to the minor leagues. Right, right. Yep, straight to the minor leagues. So, um, how it was going is my number is five hundred, mm-hmm. five hundred thousand dollars, and you know it just it wasn't working out. They're going, hey, fifty, four hundred, we'll take you in the sixth round, you know, because that's what they do. They go, like, hey, we'll give you less, we'll take but you we'll take you higher. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of a game by them. It's it's really all about their investment. So you want them. You want whoever's drafting you to invest as much money as possible into you because then you have, you create yourself larger opportunity for the future. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, if you fail yeah. a little bit, it's like, well, we have $750,000 on this kid. Like, we'll, we'll let him, you know, right. take his keep time. going. Keep more room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let him get out of the slump or whatever it is. So, yeah, couldn't agree on a number. So, ended up going undrafted. They do a courtesy pick thing. I didn't want that. I didn't like it. In hindsight, probably should have taken it. But what they do is like, so at the time, the draft was 42 rounds, I believe. And that's already too many. I, you know, it's too many rounds for baseball. But, you know, you, you see Johnny Menzel getting taken in the 25th. Like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. That's crazy. Yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just ridiculous. That is crazy. Dude. It's ridiculous. So what they do, and, and you get like coaches' kids and like people who are related to the general manager getting taken in the 38th. Now, they don't take it, right? It's just a courtesy. It's called a courtesy pick. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they call your name. It's cool that, you know, you can go you were drafted. Research, and yeah. You were drafted technically, right? But mm-hmm. you didn't take it because some of these kids aren't good enough. And also, the money in the 38th round doesn't make sense if you're in high school. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, anything mm-hmm. but a senior in college. Yeah. So, um, just didn't get drafted at all. That was 2016 draft. Okay. So, I go to Heartland. For junior college, um, we have this thing called Scout Day, and I believe it was in October. It's like fall ball thing. So what we do is you do an inter- inter squad scrimmage. Let me tell you that Heartland team had a ton of talent, ton of talent. So you get pro scouts there, you get a bunch of college scouts there. And you just play a game. Well, first you do the workouts. So you run a sixty yard dash. You throw from the outfield. You know all that, all that baseball stuff, and then all the measurables, and then you play a base a baseball game. Right, and they want to see you in game. So that's what we did at Heartland, and I did well. I got interest from a lot of scouts, Rays, Pirates, Cardinals, White Sox, uh, to name a few. And then, you know, I'm I'm playing well, and then I get hurt, and it wasn't like a crazy injury, mm-hmm. like crazy bad injury. It was kind of like a unfortunate one. I roll over on a pitch I should have clobbered. I roll over, hit it to the shortstop. Shortstop makes a mistake on the throw and throws it down the line a little bit, and the first baseman tries to get it. So when the first baseman steps, and I'm hustling down the line, trying to beat it up, I trip over his foot and then land, like, directly on my knee. Okay, But nothing was, like, torn or anything. It was just, like, a really bad bruise and something was going on. Something wasn't right. I couldn't bend it for a little bit, couldn't walk the next day, and then we just never really figured it out. Mm -hmm. So... 
you know, at the time I was hitting high 400s, something, you know, I was leading the nation in, uh, in slugging percentage or OPS at the time, I believe, um, at least top five. And then I get hurt. So I'm kind of out for a little bit, um, try to come back. It's just not, you know, I need to rest it. So what happens is a lot of variables went into this, but I ended up going to UIC, Illinois, Chicago, after my freshman year at JUCO. So I spent, normally you spend two years at junior college. I spent one, honestly, because there's some stuff at home. I had really yeah. good college offers, but, you know, there's some stuff at home. For sure, sure. Um, I wanted to be close to them. I also wanted my grandparents to be able to, because they mean everything to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to be able to watch me play. So I wanted to sure. be close. Mm-hmm. Grandparents are the nicest people in the world, by the, the way. Best. They are the nicest fucking people in the world. Literal saints. Yeah. And my grandma works at St. Ignatius. Mm-hmm. So I go to UIC. Right, right. We're right across the street from each other. Yeah. You know, if she needs anything after work, she wants to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. It's just, it's great. Sure. So um, UIC is a whole different story. UIC, there are some, got to watch what I say here. There are some bad people in charge there in terms of how they treat others. Got it. Okay. I'll leave it at that right now. If we get into it, we can. Uh, So it didn't work out at UIC. Then I transferred to Illinois Springfield. And, you know, this is why I kind of understand where a lot of athletes are coming from because I was in a very dark spot coming from D1 transferring to D2. Like, I thought I was going to be another top top 10 rounder from UIC. So I missed a chance in high school, and then I missed the chance – in Division One college, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to D2, and now, you know, my me- my mentality isn't where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So Fair now enough. I'm not playing like I'm supposed to. And UIC wore me down, you know. We'll get into that. But um, So I, I wasn't being the player I was yeah. before. I wasn't mentally there. There were a lot of variables, so I didn't perform very well at Illinois Springfield. And then the season comes. I do pretty well. And then they just didn't play me because... So obviously you know how I speak on strength and conditioning in, in the in the human body. Right? Yeah, yeah. So real quick, what happened was they would want us to run eight full sprints before double header. And being <laughs> me, you know, I, I, I know my body. I know what's going on. You know, yeah. of course I don't know everything, but in terms of my body, don't tell me how to prepare for a game. All right, I know how to prepare for sure. a game. Sure. Yeah. So I wouldn't run the sprints hundred percent. So they they took that as kind of like a slight to them. They took it like I wasn't working hard, which can ask anyone on that team, like the hardest worker there. Yeah, yeah, um, I can confirm that. And uh, so they had kind of this animosity towards me and just kind of snowballed and snowballed. So um, didn't work out in my junior year and then the COVID year hit my senior year. Mm. And that pretty much brings us to the present. So um, I did not take the extra year, Mm -hmm. my COVID year. Um, I actually tried to get into uh, college football, but it didn't work out. So, <laughs> dude, you know how crazy it is that you're just saying. No, like I know, that. <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like, the I just that, tried to get into college football. Even realized, you even had the, you know, the balls to just be like, you know what, fuck it, let's try this. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, yeah. Why not? Why not try it? Absolutely. Because you know? at least you could. At worst, you're in the same spot you are. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. Yeah, I, I ran a pro day and everything. So. Um, I do that same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ran a pro day. Uh, no bites, so... Yeah, I, I guess that's one of the things, though, with you. I was super excited COVID year because you opened your gym in the backyard, which... <laughs> so, like, long story short, 
COVID happens, gym shut down in Chicago, can't work out anyway. This kid decides to like build his own gym in his backyard, does Smart. it. I'm I he Smart. gives me free admission, so like I'm in debt to this kid because he basically let me lift for three months when everyone else couldn't. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on with you is so you basically transitioned to that and now you have like your own little personal brand, uh, DG Performance, and are you still building that and like how is that? Um, like is that transition like like what what is that like for you? Yeah, so I gotta touch on this backyard lifting first. So yeah, for sure. What happened was, you know, I, yeah, like you said, COVID shut down all the gyms. So what happened was, you know, I really needed to. I wasn't gonna waste training time. You know, I was done not lifting. I was in Springfield. It was about two months. And I'm like, I'm done. You know, I want to create something, and I want to lift basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was, I literally bought everything on from cash saved up cash from Facebook marketplace drove all, all over Illinois had the idea on Friday it was done by Monday and like I couldn't do it without a bunch of help but um, that's how it went and then yeah that's kind of where DG performance was born um, a bunch of my teammates were playing summer ball and they're like hey I need to get that working you know I need to get the work in so we had kids coming from Juliet um, Dalton, Illinois. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. South, North, West. Yeah, it was crazy. It was awesome. Dude, this the, is such a great story from mm-hmm. when your gym is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I can already tell you're you're a grinder, right? So eventually, you understand like, business is no different than sports. Right. It's it, just a matter of time. It's just to a, be honest. Yes, it's just that like you could you could work at uh, at an off season at a sport for six months and it'll look like nothing is happening mm-hmm. and then a year later it's like it, it you the know, stars align right right know. right yeah. right and it's the same thing in business it's like you literally started you like you didn't let covid stop you mm-hmm. from the next thing yeah so facebook marketplace exists yeah you go out there you get a truck <laughs> yeah take it out all the shit you call your boys that's your base mm-hmm. and you get moving <laughs> yeah like that's dude, a great the, story. The culture was unreal. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> yeah I, bet. I bet. Crazy, think, think of this. I'm, I'm just a kid, like, lifting casually. Yeah. Like, hanging out with these guys who are, like, actually playing ball still. And I, I'm just completely out of place there. But, like, th- it was no, but it's very a different cool level, to see. It's a different level yeah. of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, aggressiveness Absolutely. and attention to detail. Yeah, and quick little story about Dylan. So, you remember that 30-day program I did in college? Yeah. So this kid decides, he's like, yeah, I'll do it with you. So for the first, like, by the way, he's working at a gym at the time, and he's doing, like, his own workouts later in the day. So, like, full strength training at the end of the day. And he's doing these in the morning with me. So, like, that's his, like, (laughs) warm-up. Like, the the fucking thing that would kill me was his fucking warm-up. And then he would be done with that and then go go to work at a gym and then get in another workout at the end of the day. So, like, he was doing two days with... It was a pretty intense program. I thought it was pretty good. Um, dude, I so, started yeah. loving doing two days. When I got back when, <laughs> before I started my job, yeah. dude, it was, like, fucking perfect. I go lift in the morning, and then at, like, 3 p.m., I'm like, all right, let's go run three miles. Yeah. Like... That's how it goes. And, yeah. and, and, you know, like, you feel... You feel... When you get home, you're like... I, I, it felt like I finished a wrestling practice. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when you get home, and you're fucking starving. Mm-hmm. Like, not, oh, I'm hungry. Like, you're fucking ready to eat a cow yeah like for sure but um so you were saying about so you were getting all these kids who were playing summer ball at the time um and kind of how to continue to build from there yeah so i was working at galgano performance systems 
at the time, you know, shout out GPS. Um, phenomenal people, really, really good athletes. I mean, I'm talking like, you'll, you'll hear about these kids for a while, either in college or in professional sports. Like, these kids are studs. Mm-hmm. Um, Who are some names? <laughs> you don't want to name so, them? No, it's fine. Um, Jake Renfro from Cincinnati. He, so he, was, he went to Providence. He's the center for the Cincinnati football team. Um, the dude is huge, <laughs> and he's more agile than I am. I mean, he—it's crazy how a line have changed. Man. You should see him jump rope. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I honestly hope the Bears draft him when when his time is here. I really do. Dude, there's all linemen running sub five forty yard dash. It's like that shouldn't be Jordan physically possible. I I saw Jordan Davis run the forty this yeah. year, and I'm like, all right. What, what, uh, what was his forty? Four seven. Something like that. And this is a guy like 340, like up there. He's like 6'7", 360. We can look it up. He's huge, man. He's huge. Oh, that's crazy, man. He's huge. Yeah, he's massive. So Football him, players really beat some of the best athletes. Yeah. yeah. We got uh, Landon Menzik, baseball okay. player, uh, Lincoln Way Central. He's a what now? A junior? So he is going to be, I believe, a junior in high school. Got it. Watch out for so his he, name in the draft in, wow, in a couple he's years. He's that good. And then same thing with Colin Mowry. Okay. Uh, they're best friends. It was awesome training them. Dang, we got a lot, man. Uh, we had Marla Hayes, who won state. She's a, a girl. Uh, state shot put. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shot put or discus. She's going to be mad at me. <laughs> uh, it was discus. Okay. It was discus. Um, then we got, you know, we have guys coming in like Colin Holderman, the kid on uh, from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, we got. They had this kid who went to Kentucky, uh, Anthony Ritter, who just got drafted. So the list. I goes heard on. that name. I swear I've heard that. Yeah, name. the list goes on. I mean, there's a bunch of kids, and um, even the the smaller the smaller quote unquote smaller names like, they're all studs. Like they're going to be studs at the high school level. They're going to be studs at the college level, mm-hmm. and then you know whatever happens happens from there. Yeah. Um, I wish I can shout out everyone to be yeah. honest. You know. But, uh, yeah, man, they really, really good athletes. So at the time, you know, I was working at GPS. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of spiraled. Like, friends were telling friends about it. You know, so right, social media, yeah. like, posting stories. Like, oh, hey, that's pretty cool. Like, what made you do that? He's like, oh, I got my guy Dylan. You know, like, he's telling me to do it, and I just do it. Yeah, and then he videotapes it, and it looks sick on my story. So, yeah, that just kind of snowballed. And then at GPS, I ran a an off season program um, in the winter for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. When they're home, because something with me is that when I come home for the winter, between that, you know, for that break for baseball, I wouldn't really get working because it's like, okay, my export membership is frozen, right? <laughs> I'm here for three weeks. Yeah. I don't, you know, everyone else is off, so it's packed. And it's yeah. like, it's cold as hell outside. Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of, so now, you know, we have a, a literal performance spot just time blocked off for only college athletes. So I ran that in the winter. At GPS? At GPS. That was the winter of 2020. Got it. And then, yeah, it just kept, like, building and building and building. And I think people also like, um, you know, the different kind of my take on athletic performance training. Um, it is a little bit different. I take a bunch of philosophies and kind of mash them together. Um, and then I also think like, 
they enjoy watching me progress as well. Mm -hmm. So like right now I'm training for something specific and it's just What are you training for? So I'll tell you, but it's kinda like in the works, right? So yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's two things. So one, um trying to get signed by a football team. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But also one thing that I'm really trying to go to, uh the USA Olympic bobsled team. Wow. Damn. So um, my friend Flay Hive, he owns Flay Hives. Um, Got it. Connor and Billy, they brought it up to me. They're like, "Hey, you look like you would be really good for this event. Like, you know, bobsledders are stud athletes. You got guys, you know, running four fours, super strong. You know, big time horizontal power, big time power." He's like, "I think you'd be really good at it. You should pick this up. Try out. Now, what they do is." They used to have a combine for it, mm-hmm. or like a showcase type deal, mm-hmm. but now it's just online. So I think it happened with COVID or something. So you film yourself doing, you know, they have a bunch of things like the forty yard dash, the broad jump, ten yard dash. You know, list goes on, and then you film, and then you send. It's basically like a like an online resume, an online Damn. athletic resume. That um, you know, I'm working towards a couple numbers right now, and then I'll send it in. So um, that's kind of the process of that. Got it. Hopefully. You know, hopefully we get somewhere at that. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It's not as far-fetched as it sounds. No, dude. I Personally, you're one of the few people who could sit here to my face and say that, and I don't think that's far-fetched at all. <laughs> no, I mean, I think Genuinely. in general, too, if you're, you know, you've been an athlete for so long in different facets, you need something that challenges you. That's yeah. new at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and like worse... Worst comes to worst. You run it in my life. Yeah, yeah, you're the best shape of your life. You're the best your life, and you you set a foundation of business. Mm-hmm. And I've also that. learned so much along the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, from Billy's help, from Connor's help, from Vinny's help, from Brandon O'Brien's help. I mean, they are those all athletes who run Flay High. They're all trainers at Flay High. Got it. Okay. Yeah, coaches at Flay High. Um, I mean, they help me with like my forty stands. You know, they point out stuff that. You know, like a different perspective, like I was talking about before. They say, hey, maybe you think about it this way. Or, hey, maybe get your foot a little bit back. You know what I mean? Stuff yeah. that I can't see myself because I'm running. You know, and it's, the, it's not the same on film. Right, right. They're right. like, hey, you know, I see this, I see this. So um, that's helped me not only in my training, but it's also helped me to kind of relay that information to other people I train, mm-hmm. to other athletes I train. For Got sure. It. So, yeah. yeah, so looking at the 40-yard dash right now. Um, What's your time right now? So, at the moment, I'm at a four four zero to a four four three. Holy shit! I need. I'm looking at a four three seven. So that you need a four three seven to make this team. Four three seven. Holy shit! Four three seven. Yeah, that's so. So when I hit the four three seven, which it should be, you know, really any session now. Um, wow. I will, you know, videotape it and then send it into the rest of my stuff. Dude, I thought for, I was in shape. For for uh, people who <laughs> don't know, which I don't think is, I think most of our viewers are big sports people, but to put this in perspective, I think the fastest clock time at an NFL combine four two four two correct Chris four Johnson. Two. Um, someone just beat it four two. No, John I thought it was four two two. John Ross. I believe John Ross beat it. Yeah, I think it's four two two. I think four two two. Someone ran a four one nine. Like, but like yeah. that four two two is the last like one I saw that was a record. Yeah, which is still like 
nuts. Four 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 was was like the the line benchmarker for like a lot of wide receivers going to the mm-hmm. like You run a four four, like that's your line right there. That's yeah. a good line to cross. Mm-hmm. This guy's trying to cross the four three seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so my. so very fucking hard to do, and like very impressive that that's even you know a feat. But um, I think with that too, like so your goal, like. Talking about your brand, because we talked about it a little bit, do you want at some point to own your own gym and start having your own little customer base where you train up all these kids and you're kind of getting like referrals from other people who are in the business too and you kind of have your own place? And what is it? What's kind of your plan? So I'm very happy where I'm at right now at Flay Hives. What I would like to do is, because I'll be honest, I don't really want to run the business side of things. I, it, it doesn't appeal to me. Got it. So if I was to ever run my own gym, you know, somewhere else, I would need a partner. I need to bring on, you know, someone I trust to handle the business side of things because I have a couple people in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just want to handle the training. So where I'm at right now, I just handle training and we have a great team. So what I would like to do is we're trying to build it up a little bit um, because we had a lot, a lot of good athletes when I was in high school. You know, Flavs had a lot of good athletes and now um, we're trying to recreate that culture, recreate that environment, getting a little more uh, talent in our doors. So, Got it. Um, at the moment, you know, that might be something down the road, but at the moment, you know, just trying to be the best at Flight Hives and bringing in that talent from the northwest side of Chicago mm-hmm. and getting, you know, getting a hold of them and then um, getting them to their goals. How, um, how active are you guys on social media? So, Flight Hive is very, the Flight Hive training, like for me, I'm not that active on social media. But Flay High Training is very active on mm-hmm. social media. So what Flay High Training is, is we train athletes and we train adults. So we have specific times in the day for adults, and then we have specific times for athletes. Got it. So there's two kind of sides to it. It's Flay High Training for adults and then Flay High Training for athletes. So there's two separate accounts. And adults is just anybody who wants to work out who's not, you know, an athlete. Yeah. So really our sweet spot is probably like 30 to 50 years old. And... You know, they live relatively in the area, and they come in, and let me tell you something, there is, I've, I've worked at a lot of gyms, nothing comes close to this adult training. The level of dedication. I mean, the, 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 again, like the coaches, um, the way we handle certain, um, like, injuries, or like, previous injuries, or whatever it is, you know, we have someone training for a marathon, so now we're adapting to him, like, you don't get that anywhere else. You're truly running a service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. like, it's not just the training side of things, it's a social club. I mean, you have people coming in that love coming in to the, to the building because mm-hmm. they see their friends, they get to train with them. Because, you know, in today's society, so many people are so busy. And especially, you know, these are moms and dads where like, on the weekend, they're in Georgia for baseball. You know, they're yeah. not going out to the bars hanging with their friends. So what they do is, you know, they're able to hang out and be healthy, oh, right, and, right. you know, in a healthier way than, a, you know, a bar yeah. and get their work in, but also hang out with their friends. So it's kind of like a perfect business. Connor made a perfect business model of so many variables, positive variables that come together in one place. Mm-hmm. The people there are phenomenal. The community there is, it's just the best. Mm-hmm. Like I go to work. It doesn't feel like I work. I go to work and it's like, I'm hanging out with my friends. Right. And, um, it's just, it's an environment that I don't know if it can be recreated instantly. Like, this is 11 years in the making. I don't think any good or, or long-standing good business like you just mentioned, Tate, can be done instantly. Right. 
Right. So, I mean, the way, and, it, and it's really, the main reason it's so special is because it's, it was made by special people. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and special people come into the doors. You know, special people attract special people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it just makes for a special environment. It's phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a fucking dream, dude. Yeah. That's the dream right there. You go in, you don't, and that's the thing, too. And people ask, like, oh, why do you, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you've, you've worked your fair share of hours. For sure. Right? Yes. And if you were to tell somebody, you know, let's say you work 60 hours that you probably don't even like necessarily that's not on your mind right but let's say you did work 60 hours that week and you were to say oh i work 60 hours most people would be like holy fuck like that's awful like, fuck. or right <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like or, or be like how do you how do you do that like how do you do that and it's like well difference is is you envision working 60 hours with what you're doing right now right and maybe that does not sound that great but when you genuinely love what you do you want to work 60 hours Mm -hmm. like that's a huge difference when when it comes to work too it's like no it's not like i wouldn't i don't want to do anything else right now but this Mm -hmm. right you know yeah what are your hours kind of like right now so summer hours were tough summer hours were tough um but now we're back into the normal schedule so right now it's, it's really not bad it's about monday and Wednesday, it's 3 to 9. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday and Thursday are the split shift. So it'd be, it, it'll be 5.30 to about 11, and then 3 to 9 on Tuesday and Thursday. And then Saturday, it's about 6.45 to about 1.30. So you are doing 60s. Basically. Oh, but you, can, well, you gotta factor yeah. in the other things too. It's, it's like you can consider your work to be whatever. It, your work doesn't just have to be the hours you're clocked in your right. job. Mm-hmm. Right? You're training for you know, the bobsled team and all these other goals. That is work. Mm-hmm. Like, you're putting in work. Mm-hmm. When you go to the gym three hours a day, you know, like we do, and, like, you know, you probably go a lot more than three hours. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's work. You know, that's work. Yeah, also, like, you know, the time spent outside thinking about, you know, the, the next thing. And, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, we have guys and athletes that, you know, for example, I had an adult come up to me. And she's like, hey, you know, I'm getting ready for a wedding. Mm-hmm. I can't skip a day. She's a fireman. She's a firewoman. Fire. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's like, hey, can you make me a workout? Hey, no problem. So what do I do on my off time? I ride her a workout. Right. You know, now I'm, you know, it's, it comes pretty easily, easy to me now. But that's still, you know, I'm thinking about it. That's about 20, 30 minutes of thinking about it, writing it. And then, you know, I'm thinking like, Okay, you know, I hope she's doing it right, you know, the day after, like, okay, I hope she's doing it, I hope she likes it, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like, I hope she got it working, so, and that's not just with one person, it's with athletes, it's like, I wonder how they did it, their competition, you know, we're going to competitions, we're going mm-hmm. to baseball games, we're going to football games, we're going to meets, um, so it's not just like, again, like you said, it's not just like time spent, time clocked in at the gym, it's so much out of it, yeah. like, all I think about are my athletes and the people I train. That's mm-hmm. pretty much all. And then, of course, you know, my goals as well. But it's all training. It's yeah. all right, training. Right, right. That's awesome you got into a point where you can do something you love at the highest level and also, like, bring and watch people kind of succeed and progress under your care. That's, like, something that's super, super cool, super valuable. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel very, very lucky. Um, like I said, you know, when, when 
professional sports didn't work out, kind of got into a dark place. Um, and, yeah. you know, being able to affect, because what I wanted to do, I know I carry a special gift, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, that it's leadership, it's, you know, it's just like goodness rubs off type deal. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I wanted to use that gift and like positively affect other people's lives no mm-hmm. matter if they're 50 no matter if they're seven you know everything in between and above and beyond um because at the end of the day it's like i fucking wish i had someone like me when i was 15 right right and that's why i think i'm so um you know content satisfied happy like of course i'm still adapting of course i'm still learning of course i'm still like trying to better myself but it's like you know i turned into a person that I wish I had, mm. you know, in my life. Like, That's I wish I right had there, a coach in my life like that. Mm. And I didn't really have that. Um, you, so, be the, you're, you become the coach you wanted your coach to be. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, so now, you know, I'm there for these kids. And it's not like I'm just talking to them when they come into the gym. You know, they're texting me. You know, we had two kids go to college, Augustan and Wesleyan. Mm. And they're texting, hey, I got a pick six today. Yo, yeah. let's fucking go. You got to right, try right, it. Right. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, I'm right, someone yeah. that they can at, you go to for advice, you know, when they're when they're at the lowest of lows or the highest of highs. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone that, you know, dude, brag away. I want you to brag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, tell me, like, hey, I'm better. Like, you're, I'm a freshman, but I'm better than this junior. Like, tell me that, you know? Because I feel like that can get misconstrued if you you know say it to a friend it's like all right dude like we get it you know like no man like tell me i know what it's about like that gives you confidence you know and so on and so on so for sure um i'm i'm very happy that i can offer that to the younger generation of athletes no dude i think i think i'm a big proponent of the everything happens for a reason type thing and you know it's one of those things where you're so your impact you're like you're already seeing foundations and impacts like you're so early, you know what you can do with this. You can only play baseball for so long. Right. You know? Yeah. And yeah. you and you, and I'm sure you've seen some trainers who've been in the game, you know, as long as you could be and where they're at, who they're training, mm-hmm. you know? It's not and it, as much as I bet it it's fucking fantastic to help that person get ready for that wedding who's a firewoman and she's putting her life on the line every day and she's still putting in that work and you're helping that person, like, that is something, but you know, ten years down the line, you could be with. It it it's not. It's not. It's it's you're training with only athletes, like NBA level athletes, right. all MLB athletes. You know, tennis players that yeah. are competing in the tournament yeah. that were. You know, we got in the background behind us, the U.S. Open. It's like the potential for this that you're going through is so large, that I think it's honestly probably better. But, but that's all, you know, obviously you, you can, you can tell us if that's the case. Well, yeah. So like, you know, I'm, I like to, you know, consider myself a pretty deep person. No, you yeah. know, like I, I, I see things not only on the surface, but you know, the many layers below it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't understand because you look at me athletically and mm-hmm. go, okay, dude, I literally look like Mike Trout's in field. I literally look like him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Talking shit though. That's that's one of the best players ever. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's yeah. like if you can draw a comparison to him, even just by your physical stature, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, let me take a look at this kid. For sure. Right? Yeah. And then you see what I offer skill wise and you yeah. know, physically. And it's like, okay, you know, for my baseball people out there, you know, at the time, my sophomore year, I ran a 6 4 60 and threw 103 miles an hour from the outfield. I have 105 exit below. Like, those are the showcase numbers for baseball. Right. Um, like, the big three. And it's like, no one else is doing that. Yeah. No one else is doing that. Right. Like, in the nation, no one else is doing that. Especially six foot 220, no one else is doing that. So, like, I just didn't understand because these guys are getting picked up, you know, drafted first round, you know, because they're from Cali, Texas, Florida, whatever, based off their measurables. Like, of course, you have to be good at baseball. You can't just be a freak athlete. Right, right. You know, baseball is extremely skilled. Sport, right. Yeah. But, like, the, the difference between me and other guys is that I possess that skill. Yeah. And then I got into this whole other work ethic level where now I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to be the most physical, physically impressive human I can be and then, compare, and then um, combine that with my skill. Yeah. And, you know, I got to a point where I'm like, like right now, I'm not kidding. I could now offense is different because I haven't swung a bat in a while yeah. but I can play center field and we'll be right now yeah and then I think that's the mentality you have to have man. Yeah, it really is you have to you have to be and at a lot of points the only or you know you have your circle around you that believe in you but there's got to be times where you believe you can do things that people mm. would think is fucking impossible 100%. You know, you have to. You literally have to because if you don't, then who the fuck else is going to? Yeah. How do you achieve some massive, massive goal? Right. You know, you have to believe that that can. Mm-hmm. In case. Point, my, my point about bragging about myself was um, I just didn't understand why, you know, I have, you know, top three, top ten, whatever you want to call it, round talent. And I'm not even gaining interest my junior year. Right. You know, it's like, and then I kept thinking, you know, there's something bigger. There's something bigger, right? Yeah, There's yeah, gotta yeah. be something bigger. Yeah. So now letting it play out a little bit, you know, whether, you know, the bobsled team or the football works out or not, like, okay, that's great. But I'm in that something bigger. I'm in mm. like, hey, I get to affect so many people's lives, so many young athletes' lives that you know, that is much bigger than me being a center fielder for, for sure and it's part that about baseball people don't talk about is let's say let's say you were in the minors right and you went the college route right so the you, you were saying before the scale the pay scale is different right you've seen people who have been grinding out that life like that life for a while mm-hmm. it's not a pretty life minor league baseball grinding is I mean fucking hard dude yeah. they don't make much mm-hmm. you know and and on top of that they're working full-time jobs and that doesn't necessarily help them be at the best they can be to make the majors and it kind of just falls down from there and it's like you're in a position where it's like well no you could do this and th- just do this mm-hmm. you know there, there's a yeah. different side of that too where it's like it wasn't it's not i'm either I'm either, you know, starting for the Atlanta Braves tonight or not playing baseball at all, right? There's a huge middle ground in between that in every sport. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and, that, and that's something a lot of sports fans who aren't familiar they with They just baseball, don't see it. They don't, they don't see it at realize. all. I mean, especially for COVID, 
I mean, going through the month, it's gotten better since COVID because they had to cut leagues, so now there's more money involved with the players who are right that are there. You know, there, but um, it was it got better and still bad. Like I couldn't imagine. You know, in 2016, when I was supposed to get drafted. Like it's a grind. Now, Talking I, three to five hundred. I was a week. ready. I, like I was ready to go. Yeah. I knew I was gonna make nothing. I was ready to go, man. Like at yeah. 18, I'm ready to go. At 25, 24. Priorities change. I don't know if I can do that, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I would need some reassurance where it's like, hey, we're gonna invest in you for two, three years. And we're gonna to try to progress you as much as we can. And that really doesn't. And they don't do it. Oh, they could care less. It's a business. You're so, enough, You are a line. Because, like you were saying, you're saying the metrics that are needed to, to, you know, qualify for certain things. It's like that's what they're looking. at. They're literally looking at a number. Mm. There's are, just a name attached to it. But there's a number attached to that name to sort you in the column that's on the Excel sheet. Yeah. Like that's what you are. Mm. You know, despite how good or not good you feel that you are, or other people think that you are, you are judged based off these metrics mm. and for and, every stud 23 24 25 year old there is there's a stud 18 year old yeah it's like yeah. so it's, it's like, like hey, I, get, I get an extra five six years out of this kid so there's no reason why you know at least in my situation situation right now to try to oh yeah play baseball again unless i had some kind of crazy guarantee that just doesn't happen in real life yeah so and i feel like these other things too are just way more exciting you know you've probably done baseball for so long so like, i'll be honest with you, uh I've always dreamed of saying, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a, of course, I'm a professional, of course, yeah." But then, when the Bob said, "Come on up to me," it's like, "Yo, I can say I'm an Olympic athlete, Olympic athlete, yeah, yeah." That's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Bobsled is with you have another person in the sled with you, right? Yeah, so it depends. I mean, I think there's so. Uh, so would you just get paired up with somebody and it's like, all right, you two you would start fucking training fucking at an Olympic facility, yeah. man. You're talking yeah. about level of training, yeah. dude. Holy shit, those guys are on point. Yeah. yeah. When's uh, the next Winter Games? Two years uh, from now. I think it's sports. It's, it's, it's every three years. I thought it was every. It was in between every regular one. It is, but with COVID, it got messed up. Right, it did. Okay. So I think. It's either twenty. I think it's twenty twenty six in Milan. Oh shit! Could be wrong. That's it. Could be wrong about that. It could be twenty twenty four. Could be wrong. Got it. Uh, we'll check that. But, okay. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun to you know say it out loud. To, you know, yeah, it's fucking people the coolest thing you could say. But uh, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's what I'm training for right now, and you know we'll see. Hopefully it works out, but. You know, I'm gonna have the measurables there, and if it doesn't work out at the end of the day, I'm gonna be like, you know what? You did. I'm, hey, I'm right. one in of ten five hundred really, people yeah. in the world that yeah. can run a four three. Yeah. And I'm six foot two hundred twenty pounds. I'm not, you know, I'm not six three one eighty. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like to do that at six foot two hundred twenty pounds is extremely special, whether it gets nationally recognized or not. Like, for sure. I'm, for sure. It's something you hold with you for exactly. for years, man. And by the way, timing. We're not talking about hand time. We're talking about laser times. So this isn't like yeah, 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 my yeah, buddy's yeah. going to the field with me and being like, oh, I got, no, I got my iPhone. No, no, yeah, the it. Omega clock is yeah, fucking. we're not talking yeah, about that. Yeah. We're talking about state-of-the-art lasers. Like, hey, when you move, it starts. When you cross, it stops. Yep. So. Yeah, yep. Even more impressive. One thing I, that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on, too, you said that you didn't have that, like, person or coach in your life um, on, like, Growing up, basically, that like you wish you had you t- telling you when you were growing up what to right. do, basically. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you think about it. I think about it sometimes. There's so many good athletes that we even grew up with. Like kids that were just 
like incredibly athletic. I, I think in your head you're probably thinking of the same like couple kids that you're probably thinking of. That could have used one. Of the, yeah, yeah, that could have used you. So like, are you in any way like trying to like do do you feel that way too about like some of the Saint Ed's kids that we grew up with and like how do you feel about that? What's up, kid? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, damn. I love Kip, dude. I love that kid to death. He was something special, but uh, yeah, he needed someone, you know, in his corner. Um, yeah, I wish, you know, I wish I was able to be there. I do. I do want to definitely touch on this point because yeah. I, I feel like it's a, a lot of the people that are listening to this. Most of them are just friends of ours yeah, 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 at yeah. the time. Yeah. It's growing a little bit. We we've seen the growth, cool. but like. I feel like this is something that'll hit deeper than a lot just because it, you see so much around you growing up, especially like the neighborhood that we're from too. Like there are kids that really like when you see them as a kid, you know they have that potential. They're different. You, the the yeah, way they move like, is different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like you can tell with, and of course people can develop, but mm-hmm. you can tell like even the junior high kids, you know. Or even you know younger than that, we got you know we got fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders, and you can tell. They got it. You can tell. You can tell. Like, hey, this kid's a good athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll see where he can take it, but he just moves differently. Pieces yeah. are there for sure. Pieces are there. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, so like, it's crazy. A lot of pro sports don't even see the best pure athletes. Now, of course, they have some of the best pure athletes. You know, you're talking about Miles Garrett, you're talking about Aaron Donald, right? You're talking about Kyler Murray. Like, of right. course, they get pure, you know great pure, pure athletes, but in terms of 100 percent or even 80 percent of pure athletes, they don't get that. Like, there are guys who burn out for whatever reason. You know, the the mental stuff. You know, they don't have someone and th- their mentality completes completely mm-hmm. destroys them. Mm-hmm. Um, their priorities. You know, maybe they like drinking girls more. You know, yeah. and then it goes to like, hey, you know, crime. You know, you get people going DUIs or you know whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I've seen guys who, you know, I I tell a story. I, me and Liam Mulcrone went to the park one day. Went to Mayfair Park. This dude named Chris who worked at Kmart at the time. Yeah, Kmart, not Walmart. Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> he was a lefty, and he dude. He was Derrick Rose. It was crazy, man. Yeah. He and I'm like, hey, what's your name? I'm um, Chris. I'm like, where do you go to school? This kid's 16. Oh, I don't go to school. I work at Kmart. I got a kid. Bro, <laughs> what? Yeah. You yeah. can easily like you could be Division One. Yeah. Easily, yeah. man. Easily. Yeah. I mean, the kid was lefty, quick, slamming on the Mayfair rims. It's like, dude, this guy <laughs> is different, man. Yeah. And you're 16. He's yeah. like six two. He's not six eight. You know, yeah. he's six two, and it's just like you know, it's it's athletes like that that you know the list goes on where it's like, why are, like the, you know just really good athletes just don't make it. No, it's all the level. People, dude, It's really like, all about opportunity that, and who gives it to you. Well, and not even that though. Too, I think, you know, to a certain extent, you don't blame a lot of those kids because they're kids, mm-hmm. but you can't not give the kids that made that conscious decision. To not only take their talent, but to really develop a work ethic, the credit, that credit either. Like they yeah. made that decision, and like yeah, it goes to it goes to a lot of those kids that didn't fuck up. Mm. They just didn't fuck up. Yeah, you know, they didn't slip up. Like, uh, you know, I I I saw it too. You know, it, every neighborhood has one, yeah. or, or two, or five. You know, where it's like, 
you know that that player is really special. Mm -hmm. They messed up in some way. Or, you know, most likely, it's not, it's not an or, but it's an and. They didn't have those mentors and people in place. There were just some missing pieces. You know, yeah. you know, and it's like, I even look at it like, I'm very, I always toted that line mm -hmm. of doing the wrong thing. If I didn't have certain people mm -hmm. that was like, yeah, yeah, you're not doing that. I'm over there now. Yeah. You know, I'm not some bigger man. Mm -hmm. I'm over there. A lot of people are, you know, and that is tough. And that's the thing. At the same time to the league, you're a number. Yeah. You don't see any of that story no. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know? Yeah, especially where we come from. I mean, like, it's cleaned up now. But, like, Mayfair was not good when we were growing up. Mm. It wasn't. Do you remember the kid, Arizona? <laughs> and, dude, he's 12 years old carrying a gun. Like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. And then, you know, you had a bunch of, you know, Latin Kings hanging around there. Which, never, I didn't care, right? But, like, the, you know, the, th the threat was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like... Like, well, kids were getting jumped after football practice. Exactly, right? yeah, on their bikes like, <laughs> because they knew they were Catholic school kids. Yeah, you know, because um, they're wearing their Saint Ed's jersey. Yeah. And, you know, driving mm -hmm. their bike, and uh, and it's just like, yeah, you know, easily I could have became, I yeah. could have went there. Yeah. And instead of like, nah, you know what? Instead of a right turn, I'm gonna make a left turn. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like that left turn is, you know, a little no, more. No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a better route for you. For sure. And I think with you, I think it's even more impressive because you as a great athlete, that means you're probably one of the more popular kids in the school. So you're getting pulled from people like that who are yeah, trying to bring you right in their bullshit. And yeah. And all, the, all the temptations there. Yeah. You know? For sure. So no, you, you probably had to say more than like myself for sure. Even the most like, straight and narrow stud athlete mm -hmm. is consistently tempted by things that aren't good for them every day. Especially every day. at that age, like, dude, come on. Mm -hmm. My my grandpa would tell me this at a very young age because, you know, he saw the attention I was getting athletically. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay, you know, let's make sure he's on the right route. And also, you know, just normal grandpa knowledge, <laughs> intelligence. But he's like, he showed me something. I think it was in the paper. And it was like some dude getting busted at a party. And it was mm -hmm. the star quarterback. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no one cares about the people behind him, right? I go, like, he's like, do you know their names behind? Behind whoever it was. Right. The quarterback. And I'm like, no. He's like, right, because it doesn't matter. The only one, like, when you're that special, you're going to get targeted. It's like, if you get busted at a party, it's not, your hey, name on the 20 cover, kids got busted at a party. Was, it's, yeah. hey, Dylan Gilbert got busted at a party. No one else cares. Who else was who there? El you know, yeah. no one, it doesn't matter who else was there. Mm -hmm. It's all about, hey, who was the most important, or not most important, but, you know, most, most well-known or has the most to lose or whatever it is, however you want to describe it. But I've seen it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in college, we got guys getting busted at clubs, and it's like, because they're underage, it's yeah. like, no one cares about the normal junior college student. Mm. They care about the star pitcher. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, right. and it makes sense. It makes total sense. So it's just something you have to be aware of. Yeah. Like, and that and that goes, that goes way deeper than, um, just, athletics. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're someone. You know, even if you're so much as like a father, you know what I mean. And you get like, you know, I played in a Sunday league softball. Mm -hmm. and it's like this dad. You know, I don't go out that much, and my teammates went out, the night before. You know, it's Saturday night. Right. Mm -hmm. They go out. 
And they were saying like, oh, hey, this guy was got in a fight at the bar. He got kicked out of the bar and they slept on someone's lawn. And I'm like, fuck, dude. That's a fucking father right there. Yeah, man. man. I know everyone has their low points. But like, <laughs> Not that. Dude, that's a normal Saturday. Like, come on. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you have to be aware of, you can't be selfish, man. Mm-hmm. You can't be selfish. Yeah. You have to be aware of the whole thing. Because, like, going back to that, you know, if, if you know, the star player gets bust at a party, it's not that, it's not only that you get in trouble, yeah. right? There's a bunch of variables. Maybe, maybe your scholarship gets taken away. Maybe, you know, the name Bresnahan in the Ed's Parish, which mm. is my mom's maiden name, mm. is very important. Mm. Right. Like, yeah. I cannot give any negative feel to that name. I can't fuck up like, you have to name. live yeah. up yeah. to yeah. the great potential of that name. Yeah. And that's why, you know, sometimes I've been very hard on my brother because I'm like, dude, you, like, It'll it reflects be on me. Yeah. It reflects on me. Yeah. It reflects on grandpa. Like, come on. It reflects on grandma. Like, you want to be the, they're the best people ever, right? Like, in your eyes, they're the best people ever. Okay, you need to be that way as well. Mm-hmm. And he is for the most part. Yeah. But, you know, just sometimes I was hard on him um, just because, you know, trying to explain that idea, like, dude, you have to uphold this name. Mm-hmm. Like, you were blessed with such great people around you, you cannot dip low. You have to be mm-hmm. above that. You mm-hmm. have to be above the standard. Yeah. For sure. For sure, dude. I think that and that is a huge thing is especially in like my culture, it's like there's a family name attached to you that if you don't at a minimum, you know, do some foundational respectable things as a man, right? Like you are ruining your family name. And and like everybody, no matter how young you are, right? Like none of us have kids, right? But yeah. like even if <laughs> yeah, right. But even if you don't have a kid, there's people that depend on you. Yeah, there's people that use your name in a good light, mm-hmm. and you don't want to do something that you know fuck yourself that would you know hurt that for them. You know, mm-hmm. and like you mentioned, though, know, your grandmother, your parents, right? We all go to get those people in our lives that like I don't, I don't want to fuck up because it that would not look good for them. Yeah. You know? And it's nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. Right. But. Yeah, and like, you know, part of living, right, you're like, what What do you want to be remembered for? Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, even if it's just on a small scale, like, hey, it's, it's in the Ed's parish, it's in the community, whatever it is. You want to be remembered as, you know, as a broad description, yeah. as a positive impact to, the, to society. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So like, now... When you leave, right, when you're dead, what is left? Your name, your legacy, right? right? So it's like, I'm, I want to build the best legacy possible. I want to make as much impact as I can while I'm here on this earth yeah. to people around me and, and beyond. And I want that legacy to live on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and, and you know, it, it's the same way. Maybe your name... Maybe there are some negative things attached to your name. Mm-hmm. Well, switch it around. Because let me tell you something. Like, for your name, for 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 me to mention, hey, I'm a Bresnahan, or hey, my uncle is Sean Bresnahan, mm-hmm. my 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 grandfather is Arthur Bresnahan, mm-hmm. that holds a lot of weight, and it's like the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like not, and it's not like oh, I can get into, you know, this game or whatever, you know, because I pulled a name. No, it's like. 
you get instant respect right. because of that legacy they put forth right. mm-hmm. for the younger generation. Yeah. And it's like that's that that's really what we're and after. you're in a way earning the respect that was you know in what in some way given to you right because right. you don't truly ever get given full on respect but you get a certain level of respect and expectation at the beginning and you're you're in a way earning that right. or, and continuing to make that a higher set of standards and building and building and building yeah 100% mm-hmm. and I was even something I was reading the other day it's like when you're setting a standard for yourself that is so broad reaching on it's a standard of work you produce not even the person you are but that branches into the work you produce which in turn is who you are with the relationships you build the people that you surround yourself with like it's everything even the smallest standard you set for yourself in terms of doing something can, it's so broad reaching it's such a big butterfly effect yeah. that I don't think you know especially at our age too you know you know you're a pretty deep conscious guy not as you can probably tell not many of us are out there at our age, right? Yeah. And it's it, it's an important thing I think to keep people like us in that in that circle because it's like if you could just you could just be and you know our friends, right? I love I love so many people from our fraternity, but at the end of the day, right? There's only so many of them that are got their head on yeah, straight. That got that mindset. You know? It's the killer thing, dude. It is. It, it really is. is. At the end of the day, it really is. It's about deciding what you want to do. Yeah. Not stopping until you get it. Mm-hmm. The thing, the thing I've learned, and you know, just always do the right thing. That's just it. always do the right thing. Take the extra few steps and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like something that's so minuscule. You know, like you, you, you can take that advice for what it is. You know, and apply it to a broad or bigger things, right? But like such a minuscule thing is like, I go for a walk every night. Okay, I go mm-hmm. for like one half a minute. Mm-hmm. You know how much garbage I see on the ground? Right. right, right. Yeah. It's like, right. Just throw it away, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, I just don't understand how, and I feel like that type of mentality, that type of behavior snowballs, right? Because negative behavior snowballs just as well as positive. You don't feel snowballs. you know that. Yeah, you know that. It does. It's like, why can't I take the few extra steps to the garbage can <laughs> and throw my garbage out? How mm-hmm. you do anything is how you do everything, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like, now I wonder how you treat you know, people close to you, you know, something on a bigger scale. Yeah. It's like, that's such a little thing, you know, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, no, but the thing is, you know, you're saying like, how can you judge someone on their relationship based on the fact they don't throw something away in the trash can? It's like, but look at their relationship. Yeah. It's like, look, look at, look at who they are. It is such a small microcosm, mm-hmm. right? And a quick judgment, but that quick judgment is generally correct. Yeah. People who just like to throw shit out their window yeah. and like don't pick up their dog's crap and all that stuff are generally not the best people. Yeah. You know, we all made mistakes. We've all accidentally littered. But, right. you know, 99% of the time, go to the trash can, 100%. you know? Yeah, I feel like a piece of shit now. I left my dog shit. I left my dog shit on uh, on the Palmer lawn today because I didn't have a trash bag. I don't like you, man. When I'm, play, when I'm, <laughs> playing, I when I'm playing football on the field and I'm stepping in dog shit, I'm not at Now I got to go fucking back home and pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, you guys... 30-minute drive. I swear. <laughs> no, but... Um, yeah, man. So, uh, football season, what are your thoughts? Like, uh... They're so good. <laughs> They're not I good. I hate them so They're much. They're not I good. I hate them and I love them at the same time. Like, I just don't understand how... You know, here, I'll, I'll give it this. Like, 
first of all, Nagy should have been gone two years earlier. Yeah, yeah. That was ridiculous. You never should have, and this is not hindsight. I could not believe they traded up and drafted Trubisky. You know, like, yeah. I, I, you have, well. And can I say something? You guys went nuts. The guy went 10 and 6, okay? He went 10 and 6. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. Who did? 12 and 4. Uh, they went 12 and 4. Yeah. Who the really? Year. Oh, well, then. Trubisky's year. When the year when they lost the Eagles. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, when Cody Parkey's a. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 is, it, is, it is Cody Parkey's fault in that moment, but you, you, know, you know athletics like that. It, it, that, that. They got lucky as hell. Well, here, I'll be honest with you. So that Bears season, I was looking at it. You know, I was watching, obviously, every game, and that's the year they got Khalil Mack. Right, and right. I watched that season. I'm like, there is magic here. There's, they need to get through this game. <laughs> you know all about that. Yeah, I know about For magic. real. Like, and, and, and I'm not a delusional Chicago fan. You know, I'll say it how it is. I'm like, this de- like look look at how good that defense played that year. Yeah, they were, they were and insane. It's just like, damn, that's how the season ended. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, Off the crossbar. Because, you know, you know, sports is basically full of, you know, hot teams and runs and everything. And, like, I mean, like when the Giants won the – the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got hot. They got hot. Yeah. And yeah. that's how it goes. Same thing with the Packers. They got hot. Like, mm-hmm. they also have Aaron Rodgers, but, like, you know, they got hot. So, um, that's what I was thinking with the Bears. And it just kind of... But the same thing that way, happened to that Bears defense happened. <laughs> the difference is, in 85, that team was just so absolutely dominant that they, like, there's, there's no way they didn't win the Super Bowl in 85. Mm-hmm. Uh, I literally sat there when I was nine and watched every single three-hour broadcast of that season for the Bears. I'm not even a Bears fan, right? What happened was, though, is that Buddy Ryan defense was brand new. When something's brand new and it works, no one knows what the fuck to do because everybody's game plan has been on what they know, what's, how, how it works. Right. Well, then you get enough film. That's why, that's why quarterbacks go through sophomore slumps. Mm-hmm. It's not even necessarily got any worse. They probably got better, right? If a quarterback had a good season... Their, their rookie year, they probably got better in the offseason. Mm-hmm. It's just teams can... Adjust. Oh, wait, okay. I know what to... Especially in Belichick types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gets he gets two games on you. He's like, oh, okay. He's uh, sitting there at 4.30 with Tom and his black coffee, neglecting his son's phone calls. <laughs> and, you know, he'll piece you apart. And that's kind of what happened. And that's what, the next season, the Bears were just as good. In 1986, the Bears were just as good. But what happened? Teams figured out, oh, wait, okay, so when they pack the box with nine people, we can just do this. And then Buddy Ryan goes to Philadelphia. He becomes the head coach of Philadelphia Eagles, right? He lands the head coaching job because of how great of a season he had with the Bears. Buddy Ryan basically got fired like a couple years in, and his system sucked. <laughs> because yeah. probably he didn't adapt. He was an old guy, yeah. you know. But then, yeah, people figure it out. Bears had a fantastic season. At, at some point, and Nagy had a very unique same thing. Very unique style of running his team. Mm. Caught up. 18 games in? Okay, I know what to do. That's what yeah, I love about the NFL. He's also a tool, though. He's also an idiot, like, yeah. I, he's just like... It better than Mark Trestman, though. Yeah, yeah. That was a bad hire. CFL <laughs> head coach. That was a bad hire. Um, it's a bad hire. But, you know, like, you talk about leadership, and it's like... Have you watched Hard Knocks at all? Yeah. yeah like, Dan sure. Campbell, that's a fucking leader. That guy, yeah. yeah. And you know why he's a leader? It's because everything is so genuine. That it comes, he like I saw a clip the other day. He's like, he's like, all I think about are you guys. Like that's it. It's true you though. Know? And it's like, 
You believe that it. is the type of person you want to play for. Yes. And and like when you get someone like Maggie who is, um, who is supposed to be in a leadership role, but he puts blame on other people because he's trying to save his job. Like right. That's when your integrity is compromised. It's like I don't want to play for this guy. And, and yeah. look at remember the Lions were like zero and nine, and they are still balling, man. But look at the pl- like, you, and you know this when you watch effort. Right when you watch film, mm-hmm. you can really hone in on a player's effort. Those guys were still running hard at the ball, right? I watched a lot of those Lions games. Mind you, the Lions lost one of those games because the Ravens, uh, what's his face, Justin Tucker, Tucker. kicked a sixty-five yard field goal. <laughs> like they were awesome to bet on last year. The Lions, they were awesome. You know, they, they covered a lot of spreads. Um, but yeah, and, and that's the thing; those guys were still fighting, fighting for their team. I saw the Bears win ugly games. Yeah, and obviously lose a lot of games, but the, even the games they won, the, those guys weren't out there fighting. Yeah, you know, um, I think the Lions. I think I the, like Lions the Lions are not bad this year. No, I, I think, think the Lions. I, the problem is, is the Vikings are good. The Packers are Aaron Still, Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the Bears are just the Bears. they're screwed, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, they're no, moving. Arlington. Well, have you seen Shoulder Field? It's trash. Yeah, it's, I, I it's mean, awful. It, like even the players are like, dude, how do you play on? Like it's it's bad. It's yeah. one of the worst rated stadiums in the whole league. It's, it's one bad. of the few stadiums that got a renovation, and the stadium rating got worse. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's I mean, I, really bad. I mean, it has to go back. It goes back to the ownership. The 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 the, the well, it's ran by Chicago Park District. No, no, no! I'm talking about the owners of the Bears. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. You know, as as much as as much as the Chicago Park District owns the Soldier Field, <laughs> it's the Bears' job to be like, hey, you know who brings in all the money to this place? We do. You know, like, yeah. you know what's known for getting played here? It's not. Oh, hey, you think of Soldier Field? Oh, there was a great concert there. You know, the Bears play there. Yeah. You know, it just so happens to run concerts. The Bears organization has been trashed since Hallis died, and it's because. A bunch of kids inherited the team, and it wasn't like Jeannie Buss, who was a dog fighting in there, learning the business, and was like a dog in her own right from the beginning. These were some rich kids, yeah, who inherited probably one of the greatest minds ever in football, this team, you know. And like, yeah, Alice died, I think, in '80. The foundations for that '85 team were built by him, yeah, all of them. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about culture, you talk about environment, like, talk about legacy, I mean, that's a perfect That's it right there. That's it right there. Like, it's long-lasting, man. It's not just when you're here. It can last forever. And those kids have fucked up that team for 30 years. I think it's a disservice to his legacy, the way they run it. It is. I mean, look at the way, a perfect example is, like, when you look at baseball, right? Smaller market team, um, St. Louis Cardinals. Right. Yeah. You know, like... They are successful. They are St. Louis. Almost yeah. every yeah, right. Yeah. But almost every year they are successful. Yeah. If yep. they're not making the playoffs or over five hundred, they make a couple moves and then they make the playoffs the next right. year. Right. For the most part, you know, right. they might have no. some yeah. And yeah, they did have elbow pro holes, you know, for a while. But like, it's because you know how to draft and you know how to develop. Yeah. Right. And it's like you constantly recruit the right leaders. You're yeah, like all so. Of that stuff. I watched this thing. Uh, this little clip, you know who Harrison Bader is? Yeah. He yeah. just recently got traded, but yeah. he was saying when I got to the Cardinals, it wasn't because baseball is very individual. Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, I'm hitting 300. Right. It's like, okay, but you're 62 and 100. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. That's why, like, when Joey Votto was up for the MVP a couple years ago, maybe it was more like 2016. Yeah. They were last place in the division. It's like, 
dude, you can't be MVP. You can't be MVP. Team's yeah. last place in the division. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, Harrison Bader said, "We got to the Cardinals. It wasn't, hey, what you know? How is Harrison Bader doing? How am I doing? It's how are we doing? How are the Cardinals doing? How yeah. are we doing? And that's the culture you need. And it's like, you know, it sounds, and you know, a lot of people, you know, have this." Um, thought process as well and yeah. like you're when you say it's not that hard you're probably right but it's that hard to find authority that thinks that way mm-hmm. when money's involved because like I can tell you right now the Ricketts dude they're selling out every game yeah and they're like 20 games below 500 yeah mm-hmm. do you think they really care no. about winning another World Series like mm-hmm. honestly do you really no they, I don't well they, they never they never did they never did. Well, they grabbed it, Theo. They grabbed Theo, which was thing. a huge, huge deal. No, no. Here's here's what I'm saying though. They had the right the right things for a team that had been historically had the worst things happen to them. Finally, the right things happened, and that happens. Finally, the right things happened. They made a few good moves, and the right things happened. They won. But ever every moment before that, our whole lives. Has it? Has there been any indication that they really, truly cared like the like the Cardinals do, like the Cardinals level of dedication to at least striving to 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 make a run? Have they really, truly cared our whole lives? No. And do they care now? No. They don't. You know that is the, one of the greatest things that could have happened to the city and the team and the ownership and everything is winning, right? But still, at the end of the day, they know we were we were just that. So basically, I, I, I scored free tickets for a Tuesday night game. The Cubs are playing the Nationals a couple weeks ago, right? So this is like, Cubs are not doing well. The Nationals suck. They just traded Juan Soto. It is Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Wrigley Field. Packed. It's sold out. Yeah. It is fully packed, right? We're Sox fans. It could be Saturday at a perfect time, and that thing is still empty, right? Yeah. But it's the, it's the, the Cubs can suck, and there will always be people. You know, I'll give it to them. They, the brand they hold with Wrigley Field. So we make the joke, are you a Cubs fan or are you a Wrigley Field fan? Right, right, right. You know, right. and it's like a lot of people are Wrigley Field fans, which is, you know, that's fine. You know, you pack the place, right? But, like, you know, I think there's value in what you're saying because when I watched the, that Cubs team after they won the World Series, I looked at them, watched them play, and I'm like... Checked out. This is a pretender. This isn't a contender. Checked this out. is a pretender. Yeah. What did I do when they made the playoffs? Bet against them, bet against them, bet against them. Because I Good knew stuff. they were fake. Good stuff. And then the next year, they should have blown out Colorado in the wild card game. This is, I believe it's 2018. Yeah, yeah. At home, and they lose, dude. Right. And they, you know, anything can happen in one game. But that is the year where they were leading the division and Milwaukee they, yeah, caught they, off to them. Yes, yeah. And it's just like, you have, that's why I have beef with Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah. like, I just think he's so soft, and I'm, you know, like I don't know I him love personally. <laughs> I don't know him personally, okay? But like, you know, you see, and you know, I think Rizzo needed a wake up call because he looked different too. Yeah. And Javi's electric, but it's like, you, you know, now we kind of understand why he's hitting two hundred. I want to say yeah. the guy putting in the most effort on those teams was Wilson Contreras. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent electric, and like it was just a different feel. You look at Arietta pitch. You look at Lester pitch. You look at Lackey pitch. I mean, you know, there's a reason there's he's five the John there. Lackey. Like, come on, dude. He's bringing that much energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you got the professor, Kyle Hendricks. You know? And it's like, this is 
a team that wants to win. This is a team that's motivated and determined. And then you go to 27, 2018, 2019, and it's like, dude, this is not the same team. Yeah. And then you watch other teams like, um, you know, you watch the Astros, and I, you know, they're gonna, they're like, bad. I understand they stole signs and everything, but by the way they played, it's like electric in a way. You know, it's it's there's energy there. Yeah. There's energy. Same thing with the Cardinals. There's energy. All of those guys still hit bombs yeah. regardless of it. And first of all, I, you, you'll probably, you can tell. Everyone me. does Yeah, for, well, okay. First of all, yeah, I knew that. But why the fuck is that illegal? Like, I think, I think that's great. Like, you got somebody over there that's like, what do you think is going on here? We're playing a game. Yeah. Like, we're not, this isn't, this isn't a game of like tennis or like yeah. any like, European sport where they're like very like handshaky fair like this is a game yeah like you are watching what you're doing in the middle of the game and then trying to make a conscious decision of they don't have mics in the dugout where they're like hey uh just let you know when we do this uh that's what this means yeah. like they have to figure that out and like I don't can you tell me why that's illegal is it because they were using a camera yeah it's that's it <laughs> pretty much so like Part of baseball, right? And personally, I don't like it. Um, I think you should... You don't like stealing signs? Well, here, let me get into it. So, it's part of the game for sure. Yeah. So, that's why the catcher is very important. Right. Because it's like... You can't just be you all... You can't like, just go, okay, one's a fastball. Yeah. Two's, two's a, a changeup. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, now there's a little strategy. The yeah, game we gotta, within the like, game, yeah, people yeah. like to say, right? Yeah. So, it's like, okay, if a man's on second... And I put down one, yeah, okay, steal the sign. You know what I mean? Or if it's like, um, so a lot of people like to go second sign man on two. Right. right? So it would be one, one would be still a fastball, right? Or one, three would be a changeup or whatever mm-hmm. the third pitch is. Um, now you get a camera. Now the pros are great at it. That they can zoom they, in they, on it. They have and... different sequences yeah. or anything. Now you get a camera, you know. I don't know the exact details. My guess is they zoom in on the catcher. They figure out the they have No, they figure it out. out the they relay it to the dugout. They relay and they it. Would, yeah. 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 Who so, also had their own sign for telling you what a changeup yeah. and fastball is yeah. by the, the, the bangs on the trash can. Yeah. That's a tough look. That is yeah. a, tough That's look. a tough look. I think the toughest look was Jose Altuve. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. That, that I agree with. Yeah, now, if, you're, if you're literally wearing something, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, okay, hold on. Yeah. That's cheating. But, like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know the extent, too, of, like, what was going on here. But I was like, yeah, if they're, they're, I'm like, I give you credit, man. You're sitting over there, like, <laughs> yeah. trying to read. Because, I mean, we all see that. We're like, what the fuck are they doing? You yeah. know, what the catcher's doing. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if you can figure that out, I'll give you a, I'll give you a take first. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, there, there's a fine line between cheating, which is what for the sure, did, for and sure. then, like, playing the game within the game. I mean, hey, they cheat. They literally cheated against so I and they did that video that came out when the, that was like one of the main pieces of investigation was a Sox game and I was like fuck if I didn't know that <laughs> mm-hmm. start a riot over here yeah I think the Sox have the exact same problem we were talking about earlier they just don't give a fuck yeah I, and like so, individual stats probably mean more to them than like well that else. that's it's also yeah, just as they, apparent because they own the Bulls the guy saying guy owns the Bulls <laughs> and the Sox and look what happened to the Bulls right they lucked out and got Jordan they lucked yeah, out yeah. and got Michael Jordan yeah and rode the shit out of having the best mentally and I guess skillfully player on earth for 18 years and the brand and they still they still ride the Jordan brand let me tell you something I told you this before 
I'm born in England, right? I got a lot of family there, right? So when I go over there, I see a lot of people wearing Bulls hats. It's kind of funny, right? I see people where, you know, you know, you'll get your Yankees, your Dodgers, your like statement people. I see a lot of people wearing Bulls hats. Jordan footwear is just as popular there as it is here. And people love Michael Jordan, right? They love the Bulls. Why do they love the Bulls? Because of Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's it. They know nothing about Chicago. They <laughs> care less about the Bulls in, in its current state. They just they love the Bulls because of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Right? If that didn't happen, look at everything that's happened after that and look at everything that happened before Michael Jordan. The team was called the Cocaine Circus before Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan happens. Afterwards, the team is literally the worst team in the league, bottom five team in the league for about six, seven years. And then they luck out and draft a hometown kid named Derrick Rose, who for a spurt of time gave them options. And then, yeah, he got, you know, hurt. And he didn't turn into Michael Jordan. Mm. And look at the Bulls after. Yeah, they're, oh, we're trying now. This is their de- their definition of trying was getting Bucevic. <laughs> yeah. That's their solution to going for a championship. Yeah, you're lo- you're sitting around in a division with Giannis and how they made moves and Brooklyn and how they made moves and the Brooklyn sucked but they made moves Philly and they and them making moves and your solution was Bucevic and Lonzo Ball and Lonzo Ball. <laughs> that that's in like to your point. Like, yeah. This is the level of that like when the Cubs got Chapman, Chicago went fucking nuts because when does Chicago get necessarily the like best. we're talking like the at the time best closer in the entire league. Sure. Yeah. Chicago doesn't necessarily like when a team leaves, they go to Los Angeles, they go to New York, mm-hmm. and almost every market. Oh, the Cubs are actually going for it. <laughs> yeah. That's what people say. Oh wow, we're actually we're actually doing. Wait, what was like every other time you said you were going for it? This was actually going for it mm-hmm. because they got Chapman for six months. And then he it was a full on agreement too. He was like, I'm going to New York after this. <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, wild stuff, man. I wish there was a Chicago team that like was consistently had that dedication. Good I don't, yeah. so I don't know too much about hockey. I don't know about the Blackhawks owners. I know their fan base is also Cubs level dedicated, though. Yeah, I know multiple season ticket Blackhawks fans, and they've been about it since before they went on the dynasty run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I've, you know, I, I grew up playing hockey, so yeah. I was Hawks fan from day one. Yeah. So we would literally go to games at the United Center. I remember they were playing the Buffalo Sabres, yeah. and they got blown out, like, 7-2. Yeah. And we were in the 300 level, no one really there. Yeah. Tickets were, like, I don't know, cheap eight bucks day. or something, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. You know, I was, like, eight, and my dad paid for it, so I don't know, but... Um, it was crazy to see that culture shit because you know my dad's my dad was born in Chicago, raised in Chicago. He was going to Chicago Stadium to see um, Hawks games. Yeah. And he said that place would get incredibly loud. Mm. Now and now okay, United Center comes in, right? So he's telling me stories about the old Chicago Stadium, you know, telling me like how it gets so loud and you know, Hawks traditions and all that. And it was just so crazy because obviously I couldn't picture it because no one's there. You know, it's not loud at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's like my peewee game in Niles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and now they draft Patrick Kane. And now they get Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And yeah. now Duncan Keith starts to form. And now they start getting really good. And it's like, now, at, you know, when you say, when were you a Hawks fan? It's probably 2010. Yeah. yeah or 2009, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, um, 
they had a pretty good run before, right? They were in the bottom of the league because they lost like a lot of guys and whatever. But um, now they're trash again. Like, yeah, they're yeah, absolutely yeah, trash yeah, yeah, yeah. They will have the worst record in the NHL this year. They're terrible. Mm. They're really bad. So now it's kind of like, okay, let's see what, you know, let's see what but the culture's it, made of. Let's it, see what, because yeah, Patrick yeah. Kane's probably going to be gone at the deadline. Yeah. Um, or even sooner. Yeah, I didn't even Jonathan know he was still around, to be completely honest. I thought that whole team got gone. Yeah. Jonathan yeah. Taves is probably gone as well. He's I mean, still, they're both still there? They're both still there. Yeah. Wow. So they're just older now, right? Like, they're past their They're prime. older. Uh, for sure, past their primes. Patrick Kane is still nasty. I, I don't know what, what's up with Jonathan Taves, because that COVID year he took off, oh, okay. there was some health concern, and it wasn't just like, hey, if I get COVID, something can go wrong, kind of like... Yeah, hey, I get COVID, I could die, yeah. It, it wasn't just that. It was like... There's something else oh, wrong that was totally yeah, okay. not public. Uh, God, I was okay. hearing a bunch of different things from like Luke Garrick's disease. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? So it's shit. like, yeah. now obviously he's fine. Well, it, it, he's playing, so it appears that he's fine at least. You know, right, 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 right. But, um, you know, just by that, that rumor that he could have something serious as that disease, it's like... You know, yeah, something it's... something bad is going on. Yeah. So I don't know how good he's gonna be going forward. I, you know, he had a down year. I think he's gonna bounce back. But yeah, he's he's past his prime for sure. Yeah. So we'll see. I think the Hawks are gonna clean house and they're gonna be terrible for another five years. And then hopefully, you know, we get Connor Bedard. You don't know who that is yet. But, yeah. uh, you know what's hilarious is your brother was telling me about the Hawks and he said that they have a ton of young talent. No. And that they're going to be super decent this Chicago year. Chicago sports fans, man. That's what it is, dog. It's crazy, it, yeah. man. Like. Dude, every, that's <laughs> thing, every market has that, man. You know how many people out here think the yeah. Giants are going to be good? And, like, the Chicago sports team I, dude, I mean, support are the White Sox. You, and, like, even us, dude. We're, even on years where I knew we were dog water. Dude, you're talking to the king of mediocrity right here. I'm a Dallas fucking Cowboy oh, fan. Know, it's great. Like, <laughs> like, dude, dude, I haven't seen a season where we've gone past the divisional once in my lifetime, and my dad hasn't seen it since 95. Like, let's be real here. This is almost 30 goddamn years that we've been just losing every fucking year. Yeah, And it's the man. same shit, same ownership. Like... Jerry Jones doesn't. I don't think he gives a fuck. So to be I, the with thing, you. the thing I, though, I'll give Jerry is number one the amount that he's done for the league for sure. And cool and, shit. And and, and no, okay, cool. I'm a businessman. He made the deal with Nike. Let's. I'm a businessman. Okay. He not only that AT and T Stadium. Yes. And the Dallas Cowboys, dude. The, the Dallas Cowboys are worth more than they're the most these valuable European franchise soccer teams yeah. I talk about all the time. Yeah. The most valuable franchise. You know, world. like yes. he, he, he's, think, he right? built that shit. Close, yeah. He bought that shit for cheap. And the Dallas Cowboys were still a big name. Yeah. Right, but regardless, I, it's his ego. Oh, for sure. I think dude. he's a winner, because he is. Yeah. But, I think. Part of being a leader too is understanding that I'm great at for Jerry. It's every piece of this business, the business. I'm not actually great at building a team. Yeah. I need somebody that can do that. He had somebody that can do that. He had somebody that did that. And then the worst thing that could have happened to him was he won one without him, using all of his pieces. Yeah. Right. So now Jerry thinks he's the king, and he can't get past that, and that's why the Cowboys can't get past that. 
is because he can't get past himself. Well, the problem... I think his kids are probably doing the right thing from I, what I've seen. I, I know he's bringing them in. And like, I mean, Stephen Jones has basically been the GM for the past, like, five seasons. The one I, I have no beef or gripe with the Cowboys and how they draft. I think they actually draft really well. It's just like they... The, who they recruit. They, yeah, they just the don't... Leadership they recruit. Leadership is awful. Look at all like, their coaches. Terrible. All Wade Phillips? Yeah. Why did you hire Mike McCarthy? Dude, I, because I they're best friends. They're okay. best. Like they fucking. He slept the night over. He stayed the night at AT and T Stadium. They got. They kicked it off. They hit it you off. You know, Mike McCarthy basically happened. said in his first interview that he basically lied to Jerry Jones. Yeah. About how, like, he said he was like in his basement, like studying the game, like twenty four seven. He went. I heard the, the reason I thought Mike McCarthy yeah. was gonna be shit is because Aaron Rodgers. And this is why Bears fans should actually be thankful for the for the hand they've been dealt. Yes. You got dealt playing your biggest rival has probably the greatest in terms of natural talent quarterback in the league for the next 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. However, you had the service of not having... Dude, how many Super Bowls do you think Aaron Rodgers realistically should have? At least three. three. At minimum, yeah. three. And he's got one. And we talked about it earlier. A lot of shit had to happen for that to work out. <laughs> You know, Bears need to Mike kill McCarthy was the coach for most of these seasons where Aaron Rodgers is just out again in the divisional comp, you know, conference championship. Yeah. The, dude, the Packers should be stomping all over the league. Yeah. But they don't. But they don't because of Mike McCarthy. So when I found out Mike McCarthy got hired as the Cowboys head coach, I smiled. Dude, on Hard Knocks, it's the cringiest thing to watch. Like, he's that fake leader that you were talking about. He's like, you can tell it's not natural to him. Nothing comes natural to him. Like, they show clips of Dan Quinn. That guy is a guy that I would, you know, put my foot behind. Because maybe, you know, whatever happened with the Falcons, sure. But, like, he, you could tell he's dedicated to the game. Like, he cares about the players. He cares There's about levels, progression. Mike McCarthy don't give a fuck, dude. Mike McCarthy's just, like, the fucking... He's basically just, like, the little placeholder that's just there for, for whatever reason. He's, like, the first guy they have... That's another well, thing, they, too. They kept get, we're not even yeah. touching on the fact they kept Jason Garrett around for 10 years. Exactly. I mean, I, listen, the Giants did a... Uh, someone needs to get fired for... Well, they did. For, for hiring Garrett in the first place after what he did in Dallas, but they fired him after a year. Dallas kept him around for eight, nine years because he's Jerry's best friend. That's what I'm saying, dude. He's part of the family. Dude, they just hire the first guy that they interview with. Like, they don't do the... <laughs> They're just like, yeah, I like that, I'm serious, you know dude. Wade, they cut Wade Phillips after the same thing, though. You know what, son? I like you. Yeah, Wade, Wade Phillips was there like six, seven years doing yeah. the same bullshit. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you know what? Offensive coordinator? Let's, Drew fucking, Bledsoe let's and, get him in there. Yeah. yeah. You fucking kidding me, dude? Like, yeah. no. But... And to a certain extent, Romo. To a certain extent. Yeah. Because Romo was a good guy. That's the other thing. He just He's caught... a good guy. He's a good guy. He's just not the guy. He's not the guy. He's just a good guy. Yeah, dude. Romo, honestly, catching... What happened in 2016 is wild if you really think about it. It is. Like, that just doesn't really happen. Like, first of all, Dak was a fourth-round pick. Like, really, he was a project guy. They drafted him because they were like, okay, in two to three years, this kid could be the future. I think this also goes back to our original conversation, though. Is like, the same amount of those kids that we were talking about that didn't even make the league are the... the now we've separated them out. We have a new subset of people that just haven't had the opportunity. Oh, for sure. They have that talent. Yeah. They just don't even have the option. I think mm-hmm. I think Dak's a good example of that. Because if you look exactly. at the Dak story, oh, I mean, yeah, there's trouble crazy. there, man. There's trouble there. And not only is there trouble, but like, I'm almost positive his mom, his mom passed had, away early. His mom had cancer when he was in college. Yeah. She passed away while he was quarterback in Mississippi State. 
He gets to the league, fucking obviously has a really exceptional rookie rookie year, wins rookie of the year. Two years later, um, or three years later, fucking breaks, breaks his, his foot off. Right after he breaks his foot off. So he's coming back from a double surgery ankle fix, right? Which is a tough injury to come back from, especially in football. The most physical sport I don't, I in the I think US. anybody with your ankle looked like that. Dude, like literally. And then his brother kills himself like that's not right. too long after. That's right. So like really right now, all that's left of his family, because I don't think he had any connection to his father... I think it's him and his brother. His it's like, brother. it's like, well, how was your day? Yeah. You know, like this And, is, like, he still has to get up there, put a smile on his face, and lead and the fucking lead Dallas the Cowboys team. team. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like, just any football team. Yeah. You know, it's the Dallas Cowboys. He's got the target on his back at all times. And I know he's a big advocate for mental health. And, yeah. Sure, um, dude. You know, he was getting clowned. I think it was last year. It could have been two years ago. But I think it was last year. It was a... It was a preseason game, I believe. What, he take off, right? And, uh, and the defenseman from the... I think it was a lineman, def- defensive lineman from, yeah. from the Texans, maybe or yeah. whoever it was, runs over. He's like, "Hey, I appreciate what you're doing, all that." And I, th- I believe Dak started crying. Okay, like, could be mixing up situations okay. Okay. here. Okay. Uh, I, I think, I think you're referring to when he cried when he broke his foot. Because I, I know what clip you're talking about. He, it, the it was this guy. I think it was a player on the Texans came up to him basically at the game. He's like, "Yo." Um, I appreciate what you're doing with mental health and your your, your organization. Like, let's collab on something. Yes. I was like, yeah, for sure, bro. Yes. I, I, I think, so the reason I know this is because I was listening to Undisputed mm-hmm. often, which... Skip! Skip. Tough. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm, um, I'm, I hate those shows now. Yeah, I can't. They're, it's it's super clickbaity. It's not exactly. Super clickbaity. Back in the day, like, Stephen A and Skip, they'd get in, like, so good arguments. They would go yeah, but like now it's like Stephen A is just really trying to be as loud as possible. And we've talked about this before. Skip literally yeah. just has to maintain this vendetta he has against LeBron James because that's what gets gets him views. That's yeah. what gets him likes. I mean, he I can't imagine James. what his career would be without LeBron. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's hard. To, it's really hard to watch. And dude, this is coming from a kid who in twenty thirteen, I watched fucking ESPN every morning. Yeah, man. Every morning I of the was summer. There. Yeah. Like, I loved First Take. I had to I loved... Chromebook so I could watch First yeah. Take. You know? And now think, it's just tough. I think content in general has gotten so watered down. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's because, like... There's so much. When you now. would see these, quote-unquote, influencers, you know, a few years back, it's like, they were influ- influencers for a reason. You know, they're either really intelligent, you know, they offer something like... You know, for example, like let's let's talk about like like a Bradley Martin, right? Yeah, you're talking about like He's, the early YouTube guys, right? Sure. Like, yeah, early YouTube, early Instagram, like all that. Um, like they put out good content. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's informative. It's something you want to look at. Yeah. All this, and now, you know, the way the kind of I donated forty million dollars to the uh, the <laughs> that gets you a click. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Every Mr. Beast video. Every Mr. Beast video. <laughs> He's a genius, though. That kid he is. We, that kid is a genius. We could talk yes. about him, but yeah. So the the way the world's going is kind of like you know it, it was all everything was on online. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's like, why can't I be an influencer? So and all everyone's posting this content. And it's like, dude, I scroll through my Instagram and I'm like, what is this? Dude, yeah, it's just people posing. There's why trash. am I seeing? Yeah, I'm just like, seeing your friends how posing. Did, dude, how yeah. did how did this get on my feed? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is fitness stuff. I'm like, that's just not true. Yeah, right. Like, that's that's, that's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. And then, you know, um, you get things like, you know, someone videotapes a duck with the Siri voice overlay. And it's like, 
why does this have 50,000 likes? Yeah. 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 What is I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So now yeah. everyone is trying to create content. It's like not everyone is a content maker. Yeah, You know for what sure. I mean? So, so it needs to, some content needs to stand out. And that's why I believe Stephen A., Skip Bayless, you know, First Take and all that have kind of diminished their uh, quality because they're trying to get more the views because shit, yeah. the competition is so great now, right? So like yeah. now I think what a lot of people are doing is they're kind of digging deeper into podcasts like these. Like, okay, this is quality content. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is quality content. This is real content. Like this isn't just, you know, who's that guy on First Take who... Um, he's an old New York guy. Mad Dog? Mad Dog, that yeah. That guy sucks. He literally oh just God. named 60s basketball players <laughs> that are the best of all time. It's like, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's just dude. Like, yeah. He, he had an argument about uh, a Raymond Chris Ball, Felton. like, um, Pistol Pete Maravich being, like, the best. But in, in the ever. end, though, in the, in, the <laughs> end, crazy. The, in the end, the best content will always win. Like, yeah, you mentioned For it. Sure. This is just a fight from a dying technology. The way we watch TV is not how we watch TV anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, or consume anything. Like, the only reason I have YouTube TV is because of sports. I literally watch sports all the time, but I don't watch anything else. None of our generation watches TV, right? Mm-hmm. It's all here. Streaming. And, stream, yeah. and streaming it. That's why the, still the good content on Spotify and Apple Podcasts will get out there. Yeah. It's just that doesn't, like, I don't turn on my TV those those podcasts. Mm-hmm. It also comes down to, like, how well are you going to market? Right, because like you said, you know, I'm not too familiar with Mr. Beast, but the kids I train tell me about him, <laughs> and it's you know the younger kids, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it's clickbait, but you're still gonna click on it because mm-hmm. it looks so enticing, right? You know? Yeah. So, it really depends on how well you market things. And for me, like when I going back to about like creating my own gym and everything, the reason I don't want to do the business side of stuff is because I don't care for marketing. Like, right. I, I, you know, I offer a quality service and that's, that's as great as I can make, that, that's as much as I can sell you. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. this is quality and that's that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like, oh, this is the greatest train of all time, you know, I, like I, market the, the complete. I'll present this argument to you though. I'm not saying that you should change any of the way you are, but you know, you know how much is in Tesla's marketing budget. You know how much Tesla spends on marketing. No Zero. They don't spend a dollar on advertising. And I'm not saying you know. Well, when you're Elon Musk, you know, like right, you can, but you can put a tweet out, but, and that is but, but the point. But the point besides that, though, the point of Tesla is the product. 100%. The product is the message. Yeah. The product is the advertising. When even before Elon Musk was tweeting, Tesla was popping off. Mm-hmm. Before everyone knew Elon Musk for his tweets, Tesla was like, people were, it was grabbing eyeballs. Yeah. No marketing budget at all. It's just, here's the product. We mm-hmm. make an electric car. Yeah. You know? And like, at the end of the day, if your product is so good, and I know that's your mentality, right? It's always that next step. If that's always the case, you don't need to open your mouth you know and that's probably all the business all the business Mm -hmm. that you probably have like you can probably attribute to besides the fact you made the initial reach out like hey like i'm doing this is like you said before people were talking about you because your the product is so good i can't not tell everybody i fucking know about it Mm -hmm. or especially when 
you know, people go through transformations. People, it's not hard for the topic to come up. Oh, you look a lot better than the last time I saw you. What do you do? And it's like, it, the work, if the work is good enough, it will sell itself. The most powerful advertisement is word of mouth. It, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Because again, you know, we can go back to like, there's so many, there's so much content out there. There's, in your marketing, where like, how many times you just scroll past stuff? Yeah. And how you many ads saying? have you seen where like you stopped and you were like, that's a good ad. Still didn't buy shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I got my like, Damn, that, that one bad. That looks nice. Sometimes I'm All like, right. oh, that got yeah. me. That got me. And then I report it or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want yeah. to um, so yeah, no, hundred percent. Like it is all in the product now. Like you, now, Tesla's a huge example, right? Right, right. But right. yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, it's something that uh, my former gym GPS. Like I've never seen something build so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like we had a lot of good athletes, and then a month later, we had double amazing athletes you know what i mean like it was just crazy like everyone wanted to train a gps mm-hmm. right and that's what i'm trying to bring what we're trying to bring to play highs is like okay we have the at we have the adult training down because at the end of the day that's what keeps the lights on you know like yeah. if you're running a gym that's how our business owner is able to pay the coaches what they need to be paid to stay there right it's yeah. not a personal trainer where you make 15 dollars an hour right, 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 right so you need that solidification of the main income yes okay great we have that down and we keep adapting that right now we're going to branch out and try to actually bring in you know big time athletes and have that be our advertisement Mm -hmm. hey what's that shirt you're wearing right oh it's oh you go to flay highs oh Mm -hmm. oh cool you know i'll check it out yeah you know what i mean and another parallel between especially like what i do and what you do right i work in big four accounting there are posters out there. You'll see them. There's one right there on the U.S. Open for one of the companies, right? That's not what gets the people that make the company money in the door. Oh, I saw your poster on the on X sporting event. Like, you know, if your gym gets that big, you're around, right? You're around the town. Uh, you don't get your best clientele because they saw a poster, bro, or they saw an Instagram ad. The, especially when it comes to training high-level athletes. You think some high-level athletes going through his Instagram, oh, damn, that looks really nice. I'm going to go click there. It's, no, I got a boy, but, you know, I know somebody, you, you know, they treated me right for X, they treated my friend right for, for blah, blah, blah. Like, that. that's the only way you're going to get them anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so, so there's a... I always love looking at Instagram, you know, people who actually post content of what they do for athletes. Right, right, right. So, one of the dudes that I wanted to see what he does yeah. is Derrick Henry. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I follow him on Instagram. What does he do? He reposts his trainer's videos right. of himself training. And I'm looking at it. And what do I do? It clicks. It clicks. I yes. follow his trainer. Because Derrick Henry is the product. Yeah. Yes. The training. Right? Yeah. Now, obviously, he's a freak. He's a master marketer. Okay. Marketer, but at least on the surface, Joel Seidman. Joel Seidman. Everything you see, if you're listening to this and you look at his stuff, and you're like, "Oh, that's cool." Most of it is bullshit. Damn. Okay? okay. I mean, and like even the the biggest minds in, you know, the sports science world roast him all the time. Yeah. Like, right. I promise you, do not try any variation because he markets it like the best deadlift ever. 
the, the deadlift you have not been trying. Body bodybuilders hate this type of row. It's like, is that the what, guy dude? who did like rows with like a a the squat ma- the safety bar yeah. and he started safety doing this bar. shit? Yeah, the faking the yeah 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 that's it. Okay, yeah. I know, I've and seen he, that guy. Yeah, he. Uh, but those guys never win at the in the end anyway. No. They never win. They absolutely never win. They yeah. may have short term bursts. He We've did. all seen scammers, bro. He's it's crazy though because he. I would argue he did win because he has. Now, okay, so like, there is he may he knows what sells, mm-hmm. right? He, he he's a good marketer. He's good at marketing. I would argue. Well, he, his argument is it's only like two percent of the stuff he does with his athletes. Where like, cause you know, like Chris Carson cha- trains there, Taylor Heineke cha- trains there. You know, he's he, he's got a good amount of, of of athletes there. Yeah. So, but like, when you train someone, you want to see progress, right? Like. Other, like, what I do and what other people do, it's like, okay, first of all, training, a lot of people want to complicate it. A lot of people want to reinvent the wheel. Just keep it simple. Right, Like, right, it, it, I right. promise you, man, like, just keep it simple. Be smart with what you do, and you'll see gains. Mm-hmm. You know, keep progressing. It's more about consistency. It really is. I mean, it really diet. is. Yeah. It really is. And, like, with certain content we would like to post, it's like, okay, Hey, the guy I've been training, the guy I've been training was running a 4.64 when he came in, and now he's running a 4.42. Right. It's like, that is... That's tangible. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That is tangible. And, it's, and it like, you know, Joel Simeon doesn't post that. And maybe he doesn't for a reason, right? Yeah. Which I don't know why you wouldn't, because you post all this other dumb shit, but like... Well, maybe that doesn't... It's just Maybe that is that considered that... He's as fraudulent as you think he is, and that doesn't of exist. Of course. I like to give people better of the doubt, and I'd like to think, you know, athletes are a little smarter than going to someone who is all eyewash. I mean, let, 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 let's think about this for a second, though. Athletes have made far dumber decisions than picking the wrong trainer. <laughs> That's true. Right. Going back to what you said, it's about what you're remembered for. This guy could win for the next five years. On a like surface. Like on the materialistic. On a yeah. surface, dude. It's sure. not about... And, it, and at the same time, right? This can be applied to the popular kids in high school. This can be applied to stuff in college. People who are up in college. People who are up at our age group right now. It doesn't mean shit, dude. It's about the long-term game. At the end of the day, that trainer that's training Derrick Henry, he won the long-term game. Because the he does that game. shit. He actually does the shit he yeah. says he does. Right? And that stuff, like, dude, you could be a fraud for so long. Yeah. Right? You could put on an act for so long until you can't. Mm-hmm. But when you do that shit, there is no, like, till I can't, I do that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all perspective. And it's a lot easier to say it from my end, watching a different industry like yours. I do the same shit. I see people who work jobs like mine, who are at my level, get paid more, or have better opportunities, or got a job here, or made X amount of money with this investment that I could have done, or, or, or I know are cheating people and are, are, are like scamming people that, that are making a lot of money, like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You can't, you just can't get wrapped up. And I, I'm telling you, I do all the time. You can ask Ed, I'm like, do you fucking, did you know about this today? And I'm like, <laughs> We get into it. it. It's like, it's, and like you were saying, you, you even said this, you're like, just do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. That in itself is, yeah. the, is a dividend, 
but there's a great, there's a much greater dividend. I think we all understand that yeah. when we do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Is there's a much greater dividend to doing that over the long term compounding? For sure. Yeah, I think another another thing is like, you know, another lesson that I've learned. Right. And like it's it, it is it is much harder to actually do than oh, harder to yeah than than say it right. Like it's super easy for me to say and be like, hey, so what I'm saying is, don't be afraid to fail. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I won't be afraid to fail. But then you go out and whatever you do, and it's like, easy, right? and now yeah. you're timid, right? Yeah. Well, no, like you truly have to, have to not be afraid. Relentlessly be okay with losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you do because it's like, and you have to change your mindset. So, like for example, when I was going through, um, you know, my stages in baseball, right? Right. I'd be seeing, you know, ninety-seven miles an hour, ninety-eight, ninety-nine, in my summer ball leagues, right? So I was going from high school, which is like, you know, you know, you got some ballers, like I said, in the Midwest, but. You know, 88 to, yeah, yeah, yeah. 88 to 92, and 92 is like, hey, that's a guy. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, whatever, six years ago now. To 99, that's when you start getting Now I'm going, yeah, I'm going to summer ball, and I'm facing 98 with movement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is kind of hard. You know? yeah. so, like, so, you know, my mentality should have been not like, you know, okay, strike out on three straight 98 mile or two seams. Right, Okay. right. It shouldn't be like, oh damn, I don't know if I'm, if I can do able. this. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's like, yeah. no, I'm one rep closer to doing it. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yes. one step closer to succeeding. Yeah. I didn't take a step down. I took a step up because I challenged myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I I am that much closer because I took on the challenge and I'm going to embrace this failure and I'm going to work on what I have to work on. Mm-hmm. And next time, you know, you make an adjustment or your you mental adjustment, whatever it is, and you're ready for it, and you just keep moving forward. Yeah. You keep moving forward, and you keep challenging yourself. But now, but now when you look at things like you, you go through failures, right? Whatever, whatever striking, striking out in three pitches is to you or any of us now, like, instead of being just like what you described, which I've been too much of a victim to, I think all of us have, it's like you're excited now. You're like, all right, all right, fuck, but cool. All right, I just gotta. All right, mm. and that's it, right? And that's it. You know, it's you a, it's a different mode. It's a different mode. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's just next one. And and, yeah. and, and, and that speaks to mental toughness. Like that's when you say sure. mental toughness, you know, so many people either it's become define a, it's it become an inflated word now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's like they would like. You haven't really seen a mentally tough person until you so see you have, a yeah. mentally tough person. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm not even talking about sports, man. I'm talking about everything. You know, my friend's mom who lives paycheck to paycheck on a little studio apartment. Works two jobs, three kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's toughness. That's yeah. That's toughness. you know, like Damian Lillard said it best. It's like there's no pressure in sports, dude. <laughs> Come on, like I make millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I miss a shot. I still make millions of dollars. Yeah. You know. If if that mom quote unquote misses the shot, you know misses the shift and gets fired, that's pressure. Like they don't have yeah. that's on. pressure. Yeah. You lose your yeah. job, you know whatever the circumstance is. That's you know you don't have a father figure. That's pressure, man. Mm, yeah. Like that's real life yeah, pressure. That's real shit. So like, yeah. when you talk about something, you know we talk about sports. So you talk about like more minuscule things with like in a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Maybe like yep. a project or a presentation, yep. like in school or whatever. Yeah. It's like oh I'm afraid to speak in public. It's like dude. Come on, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get over. Nut it. up. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't care if you stutter seventeen times. Next time you'll stutter fourteen times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. a work in progress. You know, and 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 this like, pertaining to athletes again, it's like, you know, 
when you're little, and I'm not talking about like LeBron James, right? LeBron James is no, he's a freak, a superhero. He's a freak he's a superhero. Yeah, literally. I'm talking Bill's about testing. not even like the average, maybe probably above average, right? You look at these guys, and you look at all of them as superheroes, and you look at them like they can do no wrong, and it's like being, you know, training them and being super close to them has given me the most insight ever because it's like these guys fail all the time. All yeah. the time. It's the way they deal with yeah. the failure. Yeah. You know? It's like, hey, I'm getting right back to it. I'm getting right back to it. And like it's tough because when you're younger, you wanna you know, when I was sixteen, I wanted to compare myself to Mike Trout. And it's like, damn, I can't do what Trout does. Yeah, he's twenty six or he's twenty four. Yeah, it doesn't help he when was. you go on Instagram. All you see is, "Oh, that's a nice dinger," and like that. Like, you that's know, another like, thing is you always see their successes. Yeah, being a baseball being, guy, a, a, the best guy bats three twenty, right? So what does that mean? It means sixty eight percent of the time, he does not get a hit. Yeah. Sixty eight percent of the time, and, then, and we're talking about the best baseball player. If they yeah. over a course of a season, they bat three twenty. You yeah. are. Higher than elite, yeah. And that, and you know, that's another point is like, you are not defined by one at bat. Oh, you for are sure. not defined by one decision you made in your life. You are defined by a wide, big sample of multitude of decisions you made in your life, mm-hmm. a multitude of at bats, right? So like right, over the season, right, right. you're a three twenty hitter. Oh, you're a pretty good hitter, right? But then you can look at let's say the season one eighty hitter. He goes four for four on that day, and the three twenty hitter goes zero for four on that day. It's like. Well, who's a better hitter? Yeah, right. Well, he was a better hitter that day, but how about we look at the wide sample? Yeah, how about every day? And that was some of the best advice I ever gotten. It was like, you are not defined by one thing. Correct. Or yeah. ten things. Mm-hmm. You are defined by the large... The bigger picture. By a large amount of decisions you make, of at-bats, whatever, whatever your measurable is. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's extremely valuable because, you know... It's relieving. It is, 100%. Because now, you know, let's say you fail more than once, right? Now, let's say I go up to hit and I strike out 10 straight times, which I have before. And it's like, there's comfort in the fact knowing like, hey, I'm getting right back at it. Like, this is not who I am, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot of people, especially in baseball, they want to overplay the mental game. Just like how I said, like overcomplicate like training. Yeah. They yeah. want to overcomplicate things in the yeah. mental game, and it's not just baseball. I know specifically baseball. Though. Right. Right. Just relax, man. Yeah. Like just relax. I know. I, I, I will say relax. this: out of any sport, I you can add, when make an analogy to life the most in baseball, the most out of any sport I have seen. Baseball has so many microcosms. Like every sport has microcosms to life. For sure. Sport in general does, but baseball has so fucking. Mm-hmm. So many because of the amount of failure. Yeah. It's because you're a part of a team, right? Like, yeah, right. But but you are only pretty much analyzed as a part, right? You know what I mean? So like so like for, for example, you know Mike Charles analyze Mike Charles analyzed as a individual player. Right. Shohei Otani is in uh, analyzed as an individual right. player. Right. Right. Mike Trout is amazing. Shohei Otani's amazing. Mm-hmm. But are the Angels good? Nope. They're terrible. They're terrible. Now, there's other things that go into it. Right. But it's kind of like similar to like a job, right? Okay, you're doing really well. Yeah. But the company is failing. Yeah. It's like, okay, 
Like, what can we change? What can we learn from this and mm-hmm. change, right? So, like, okay, I'm doing my job, but are you really doing your job? Because now we need to make other people around us better. Yeah. Now we need to create, you know, even if you hit 300 or, like, a better, like you a better analogy yeah. is, you know, let's say you're averaging 30 points a game, but now you take it, you know, take a step back and averaging 24 with a couple more assists. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, okay, yeah, maybe you're not hitting 30 step points back to a game, but yeah. now, you know, the, the product around you is so much better. It's so and much every, more efficient. Look at the backstory team. of all the best athletes, right? Jordan had to do this, where eventually he had to decide, I have to share the ball with my teammates to win. Kobe, same thing, right? That inner dog wants to tell you that you should be taking that shot and everyone should have that inner dog where it's like that's me on the fucking cover because that's me on the cover but they realize to win they do need to take that step back and that's with everything Mm -hmm. and especially relationships like when you talk about like you know you know your girlfriend or your you know relationship with a father or a mother or a brother Mm -hmm. you know a sister whatever it is it's like hey you know instead of it being a competition all the time like look at me look at me this is something I learned too with my brother like everyone would be like hey you know look what Dylan did you know look what Dylan did and then he would get a little bit of the spotlight and be like no 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 like I did that and it's like shut the fuck up yeah like shut the fuck up he did this and that's fucking amazing yeah. you know like like w- one game it was like and I'm so happy I learned this along the way. And this is more when we were younger, you know, when I was like eight or nine. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, yo, Noah hit a, hit a shot from the free throw line, but I hit a shot from the three point line. You know, it's like, it's all relative, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah, you can yeah. still be happy for someone mm. and have success at the same time. Yes, you can yeah. still let someone yes. take the spotlight, even if you quote unquote did a better job or whatever it is, right? Yeah. You can, you know, Noah, that's my brother, Noah hit two home runs in. Uh, my senior year playoff game. Mm-hmm. As a junior. Dude, bombs. <laughs> yeah. Bombs. To pa- power hitting that kid was crazy. Yeah. Dude, bombs. Yeah. They were over 420 easily. One of them was probably over 440. And um, I just, you know, I caught my. I was over 4 that day. <laughs> and I caught myself just smiling. I was like, let's fuck it. Like, yeah. I'm so happy for this kid. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you grow on a dad, but, like, you know, if I was a little younger, if I didn't learn that lesson earlier, it'd be, like, there'd be some, like, animosity. It's, like, let the kids shine. Yeah, you know? for sure. So it's, like, you know, your girlfriend does something great, let her shine. Mm-hmm. You know? Your yeah, dad you get does something guys, great, you get those let guys, her shine. Those guys who get super insecure. Let them shine. Stuff. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Let them shine. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy to me that, like, a lot of people... Other people don't have to lose for you to win. Right. Yeah. You can both win. Yeah. You can both win. Yeah. It was def- that was super powerful because I think that was one thing growing up as an only child that you have to fucking, like... I don't have that brother or sister that, like, I can kind of empathize with and be like, right. okay, you're fu- like you're doing this amazingly well. Like, let me give you props. It was just me. So, like, at the time, that's something, like, I had to really learn, especially over the years. I think at Ed's, like, I was super, I was definitely that kid who, like, if it wasn't me shining, I was going to be pissed off. Because I was like, yo, like, what's going on here, you know? Like, I should be, I should be there. Like, that type of mentality. And I think over time, I've kind of learned that. But, yeah, it's, it's, that's one of those life lessons that you won't really get unless you have kind of that, like, sibling relationship. Or maybe you have, like, a friend you grew up with type deal. But... 
Yeah, it's super important. Man. Yeah, super. I mean, just letting other you know other people's light shine through. It's yeah. like, hey, it's not you know, even if you think you're the brightest light, you know, there's still bright lights behind you. For sure. And like, yeah. let them shine. Let the world see what they offer and their strengths. Mm-hmm. And um, right, and I think it's cool too when it's different, right? Like, you may be the best peach on the tree. Not everybody likes peaches. True. Yeah. You know what I True. mean? Like, yeah. like that's just the way it is. And if your brother's a pear, and you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. like, if, or, if or you walked past three times, you know, on that peach tree, you mentioned that peach, it's like, oh hey, this peach is pretty cool too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's pretty plump. That's yeah. like a good peach. You know, like me and my girlfriend go apple picking, and it's like, right. that's a good apple. <laughs> oh shit, that's, that's a, good a good apple too. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are a ton of just as yeah. much, you know, as. As there are many bad apples, there are so many good apples. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think what we do in society is we break down people too much because, you know, it, it might get views or it might, you know, garner conversation yeah. or whatever it is. And it's yeah. like, you know, let's let's build up the good people a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let let's recognize people's strength strengths. Let's recognize people's um, accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You know, like you do you two doing these podcasts right now. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like it is awesome. And you keep doing it, and you're like, hey, every week I want to put some up. Mm-hmm. You know, it is awesome, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, you're not part of my take. Right. But <laughs> who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's still yeah. good stuff. Like, yeah. you don't yeah. have to be, like I said, you know, creating a legacy even within your, you know, smaller community. Like, mm-hmm. that's something I had to take because, you know, part of the reason I wanted, part of the reason why I wanted to be a professional athlete, you know, like, the drinking, the girl, like, all that stuff doesn't doesn't excite me I, I don't care about that right. it was like who can I affect with that platform so like when I see like Russell Wilson going to going to the hospital right. and like oh hey Russell's favorite player and they surprise some kid and you know, that's what I wanted yes. to do you know that yes. is like that's that's what I wanted to do with this with, with that kind of platform I wanted to make kids dreams come true I wanted to be the best person I can be because I held this special and it's one of those things where it's like this this podcast could get 10,000 views a week, right? And we could get hundreds of messages, let's say, from random people saying how much they love the podcast. And that's fantastic, right? And it's all right, that's a good thing. But I would rather have 100 people listen to it and in some shape or form actually affect those 100 people. And listen to the message. And actually, it's it's the thing. When we get, when we do actually get messages, they're all heartfelt. They're not someone random who doesn't know us. They know us. They've known yeah. who we are in some shape or form over the past mm-hmm. however many years. And with their message, when they say, hey, we think you're doing something special, we really love this, hits way different, way different. And just like going to the hospital and like, and that's another thing too. When, when I do philanthropy, it, it hits a different level. It's like, I'm not, you're not there to, the people who go and do philanthropy for clicks, I really despise. Like, I, I genuinely, like, it gets my blood boiling. When it's, it's like, no, you weren't fucking there to help these kids. You were there so you could take a picture helping the, helping these kids. So the 50 chicks that you follow that hate your guts and you hate theirs can say, wow, that's amazing. Like, you, like, you get it. You yeah. get it. Yeah. You get it. I mean, so like, you know, when I mentioned going to the hospital and like making kids right. change, right? Yeah. Like, I had to kind of flip that expectation then, right? Because my whole life, like, I'm telling you, man, like, from age seven, it was, 
I'm going to be in some professional sport. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. which one, but yeah. it's going to be something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, fast forward 15 years, I'm in no professional sports. And it's like, you know, I have to flip that expectation. And, you know, it's like, I'm going to positively affect everyone in my community. I'm going to do the best job that I can to make the people around me love who they are and love the place they're in. Right. You know what I mean? It's, you know, help people realize their value. You know, we're talking about good apples, like, you know, pears and, and, and peaches and all that, right? You know, you're not going to throw... I mean, you're not just going to throw it away because there's a better app. Yeah, right? but, like, it, it, you know, if you want, if you're in the mood for, uh, you know, you're not going to put a peach on your burger, but you put a tomato on your burger. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, everyone right. should be, everyone cannot be assessed on the same platform. Right. On yeah. the same amount. Right. That's the like same grades are bullshit. The same and, like, route. All that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. you're not going to tell... Are you really gonna grade a fish on how well he flies? Yeah, yeah. Because you're a bird. Yeah. No. You yeah. Know? Well, how well do you swim? Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's like, exactly. So exactly. like a yeah. lot, and you know that's kind of a deeper thing where it's like, really. There's different levels of value. There's different levels of value, and you have to have the right leader, right? Because it's mm. like, you know, as a player, I was different. Like I had a personality. You know, it was like I was the only person on the field. You know, like mm-hmm. in center field, it's like I am catching every single ball. If you try to run on me, that's a mistake. Right, right. You know what I mean? And then, like, when I got to UIC, they kind of, like, took that out of me. Yeah. And they took it out of me because they didn't they didn't like it, I guess. It was like I was being – instead of, they you know, you, were you, would, you would view it as, like, that's a dog. Yeah. I want him on my team. Yeah. I want him yeah. in center field, yeah. you know? Yeah. But they viewed it as, like – Oh, he thinks he's better than us. It's like, no, bro. Like, but I never once said that. To a different yeah. point, though, in order to be number one receptive to that type of thinking and to have that type of thinking, you need to be doing the right things. You need to be a good. You need to be a good person. Yeah. Like, think about this, right? You, you, what do we think of chicks that say, "I'm all. I would. I'm only gonna date a guy who makes more than X." Oh yeah, it's wild. It's kind of like my head turns, and I'm like. You know, not even judging her, right? But just, just the, just the sentence, right? I'm only gonna date a guy that makes more than two hundred fifty thousand a year. Six foot, right? Or six foot, or whatever, or whatever it is. Like it's this crazy. is the, the their line in the sand isn't a deeper thing, right? Yeah. It's not like I'm not. I'm, I only want to date a guy that you know has his life in order, and, and or maybe it's like maybe she only wants to date a guy that believes in God. That that is way different. Yeah, yeah. Than. Yeah. <laughs> Making two fifty a year. Yeah, then personality traits. The yeah, person, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like your head kind of tilts, and they can't even perceive value because they're they're not even looking at any other value besides it. How much does he make? And then they're unhappy. Like it, it, it's like you have to be able to be a good enough person to be receptive to that type of. It's an extremely shallow mindset. Yeah. And, and 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 what sucks is that not only a lot of people have that, but a lot of people of authority have. And yeah. now it affects people. Now it trickles down and affects people who, you know, good people that have a lot to offer, and they never they are never used to their full potential or because abused. Yeah. they yeah. aren't allowed to express, you know, express it the they, way they want to. You know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. present it the way they want to. Instead, it's always on their terms. It's always you know something for them. So yeah. like. Um, just seeing different perspectives on a variety of different situations is so valuable. It's so valuable. Because there's not one way to do a math problem. Right. Right? 
I mean, some. For and sure. the same but with like, fitness. There's not know, one way to get ripped. Right. So like, right, your programming, you said it a little different, right? That's cool. But, and you know this, just because maybe someone else does a different type of programming, doesn't mean you can't get to the same spot. You're just taking a different you know, road. That's, you know what, and I'm gonna mention this, that's a great point. You know, you see, j- just, because someone, just because someone programs different than me, I, you know, I think it's a big problem in the strength and conditioning field. Right. I think a lot of people, like we said before, are tearing people down. And specifically in the strength and conditioning field. Because they're like, okay, this isn't right because it's not what I do. It's my way what I do is yeah. based in science. And it's like, okay, well, let me see the study. All right, the study was 12 people and they were age 13. Like, you know, you have to, like, okay, yes, maybe to that group, it's based in science, so to speak. But, like, every, literally everybody is so different right? mm-hmm. that, like, you can absolutely get to peak performance and um, peak mental capacity a different way than the way I do. Right. Yeah. And honestly, what's best is when I collaborate <clears throat> with different strength coaches, it's like, okay, I like that. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Right. I'm you gonna know? use a piece of this in my routine because yeah. it fits this way. And that's what you yeah, know. It's always... Or that exercise is fucking great. It really is, but it just doesn't. I'm already doing you know this, and it's gonna overwork this muscle. But that's good to keep in mind. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, but you, know, so you just don't use it. But it, the science but it, is there, right? But it's but, in the toolbox. Yeah, exactly. It's in the toolbox. Exactly. It's like okay, exactly. You know, now when I need to use extra resources, I can pull right. it out of there. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And it's like, you know, I used to be. Not scared, but I'd be reluctant to post stuff on Instagram because it's like, because it was different. And yeah. Like, I was just starting out, and I didn't want people to be like, "Oh, this is stupid." You cared? You cared about people's judgment? I care about the well. Well, yeah, kind of because like I don't really care what people think. Right. But it's right, like, right, right. but it's like I want the page to grow, and I want to, and when you want a page to grow, you want to, not necessarily cater to your followers, but you want to put something out that they're gonna care about. <clears throat> so I wanted to make sure I was putting something out that they cared about. Yeah, and then I just didn't give a fuck. I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what? No, this is me. If you like it, cool. If not, get out. Yes, sir. I don't yeah. care. Yes, sir. And when I started doing that, I gained a ton more followers. Yeah, there you go. it's <laughs> funny how that works, it's right? Like, it's like okay, you know, I am different, and the way I think is different, yeah. Yeah. and the way I express things is different, and that's refreshing to some people. You know, like mm-hmm. seeing a different perspective, like we were talking about, is. Hey, you know, teach your performance. It's a, it's a different take on athletic training. Like, yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought about it this way. Yeah. 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 And you've seen that too. Like they're, just like there's science for the keto diet working so great. I could also put up a graph of people who went vegan. I could also put up a graph. Uh, let's say they did this diet correctly, right? Because it goes back to the only thing is consistency, really. But you could do vegan. They could do meat only. They could do any type of diet. And it's like, well, they also did this for 12 weeks. And this also worked. So, like, you know, it's like it's not, there's not one way to skin a cat. And, like, it's like. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, like, a big thing is I get asked by the adults, it's like, how do you feel about intermittent fasting? Personally, I hate it. Yeah. Because it doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know, I, why would I starve myself and look worse? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, personally, I hate it. But then I tell them, like, again, everybody's different. Like, yeah. I urge you to try it because you never know if it works for you. You know what I mean? Now, again, would I recommend it? No, because I don't think you're the right nutrition. You know, if, you're really, if you really want to maintain your health like an adult. It's funny. I actually stopped I, doing that. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't actually recommend I it. I intermittent fasted and stayed fat for about four years. And it was like just doing it because at a certain point it just becomes normal you don't eat breakfast and like it's not hard but I would start 
oh, I fasted today, so I can go to McDonald's. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck, you were so close, man. You were so close. I did that for yeah. years, right? I was just this close to the line. Just yeah. the complete wrong turn. Yeah. Like, Until I realized, all right, you know, fine. Let me, let me, I actually should have this shake I make for breakfast because it, like, look at all, I'm hitting my macros now. I can hit my cat. Like, oh, it's not a, like, I don't, it, that's not the best for me. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. If it makes you do something stupid as a result, it's probably not the best for you. Right. And then, like, you know, that's why I say, hey, try it, because maybe it is good for right. you. Right. And, like, maybe your job doesn't allow you to eat. But, right, back to your toolbox. I'm swamped this morning. I can't, fuck it. I'll fast, but I just know, don't be an idiot and, like, go get McDonald's after. Just eat more rice and chicken and vegetables later. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. a, another thing in the toolbox. Or, right, hey, I'm going to take a Greek yogurt and an RX bar. Right. You know, instead of not eating breakfast at all or right. whatever it is. Like, right. Right. I urge people to, hey, try this, try this, try right. this. And, like, here, I'll recommend something. And normally what I recommend is exactly what they need. Right. But it's, like, it's good to try it because now it's, like, they realize what is wrong with it. Mm-hmm. That's why there's such a big I, – I put such a big emphasis on experience, yeah. especially mm-hmm. in the field that I'm in because, you know, like, you know, science can only say so much. Like, it for real. And like I, I base a lot of stuff in that scientific finding, but then I base more of it off experiment. Well, if you've looked at anything that has to do with data and studies on data specifically, it, whew, uh, the wrong, the, 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 the stu- a study interpreted the wrong way with the same data can, per- can yield different reports mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And it's unfucking believable oh, yeah. what people have drawn conclusions of. Yeah. In the medical field, when it relates to science, my, we've been over this. They told people eggs were bad for you. Mm. Did you see that documentary? I think that's where I first oh like, started getting into it. it was, I, I they said to... cereal with an ungodly amount of sugar is good for you. Yeah. That's the heart-healthy breakfast. Not three eggs and some avocado uh, and maybe a little oats. No, man, it's special cat. <laughs> but who funded that study? Uh... Special case. Special case. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. you have to, another thing, you know, uh, my grandma told me this, consider the source. Yeah. Right? And that goes Sponsored from, by Pfizer. That is, that, that is, like, literal, like, when you look at findings, you know, scientific findings of yeah. studies, but also it's applied to life. Right. It's, like, consider the source. That's you know? a, that's right. A, like, would you ask, would you ask, would you walk into a mattress store and ask the mattress guy, do you think I need a mattress? I wonder what they're going to say. Yeah. You know? Like, you're not going to ask a car salesman, do I, Do you think I need a new car? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, or like Chicago fans saying the Bears are going to be good this year. <laughs> yeah. Are you a Chicago fan or are you an NFL fan? I think it's yeah. any... If you were, yeah, but mainly the Bears. Mainly like, the Bears. I mean, dude, I know a lot of Bears fans and they all... Delusional. It's like the Cowboys, dude. Yeah. They it, always think they're going to win. There's a hate similar. It's yeah. like, dude, they're going to win like... Maybe seven games. Yeah, they are not going to the playoffs. Just stop. Yeah, and if they do, it's a miracle. It's funny they're over under six and a half. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where it should. And they at first I was like, you know, I think the Bears are really undervalued now. They they caught a lot of heat, and then and then I looked at the schedule and I was like, you know, I think this is about right. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how many games they're actually gonna win. Yeah, I think I take the under. Yeah, I think. Well, I need to look at the line and everything. But because they won their first three, they won all preseason games, right? Dude, that makes me so much more inclined to bet. Yeah. I am crushing. 
Uh, San Francisco. They, oh well, I guess it's yeah. They play San Francisco well, at home. That's the opener. At home. At home. Well, I, I'll probably I love that, that dude. Wow, <laughs> we won three preseason games, dude. Your third string, half those guys got cut. Yeah. You know that? Like yeah. you won that game because your third, your third string is the best third string in the league. I, yeah. I, I liked, I like Justin Fields. Yeah. I really do. I think he's a great athlete. He's a good quarterback. I think he's a good person. You know, for the most part. Yeah. And. You know, when they assess his play, these he played very well against the Browns in the preseason game. Okay. No Miles Garrett. No Denzel Ward. You know what I mean? It's even like, if they were playing, you okay. think Miles Garrett's got that like I'm killing this guy today. Yeah. It's preseason. Yeah. But the other thing I'll say with quarterbacks is and Fields really applies to this. They don't people in the media don't give quarterbacks enough time. Like, mind you, these guys are starting new jobs. This is their first time doing this. Mm -hmm. Some people are out the gate. Fantastic. Congrats. Here's your award. But for most of the quarterbacks that do end up developing to be, you know, pretty decent, there was growing pains. Oh, for sure. Two, three years of adjusting into a new lifestyle, into a new new city. Most of these guys look at them. When when they become athletes in the NFL, a lot of them get married. Yeah. Right? A lot of them. A lot of marriages happen. A lot of kids get born. Like, that two, three-year adjustment, like, you, especially for quarterback, which is probably on the offensive side, the, the most mental, mm-hmm. right? Because you are literally the quarterback, of, like, controlling the entire offense. It takes a lot of time for some people. For sure. You know, which is why I'm okay with giving Jones, like, this is Jones' fourth year at it. All right, this is my line, right? Yeah. But I'm going to give him four years. And I've been consistently, like, just... Because I've watched Eli, a guy who everyone wrote off, was terrible. And for some reason, the organization was like, just give it a little time, right? Just give it a little time. And then he won a Super Bowl. Then he won another one. Like, it, a lot of times, you just need to let fruits bear. For sure. And I mean, that's not just quarterbacks, though. Like, oh, that's everything. Through, and everything. Like, I've never seen so um so like, there's just a terminal period though. For like sure. If you're a wide receiver sure. and you're not really that good out the gate, you're kind of you know, cut. yeah, you know, no, hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was listening to a podcast and I forgot who they were. It was part of my take. I forgot who they were interviewing, but they go, "How quickly do you know in the NFL if this guy's got it or not?" And he goes, "The first practice." Yeah. So like you know, um, you look at a guy like Josh Allen. Yeah. That dude's a freak. Yeah. Freak. You know what I'm saying? Incredible. He now, was out of the radar for a while. He was. I mean, did, did you, you know, the story of him emailing out his recruiting tape in Miami. He's like, okay, you know, I come through. The dude has all, he has all the tools. Yeah. Right? Big arm. He's huge. He runs. Mm-hmm. He's a leader. He needed time. Though. You know what I mean? He needed time, but also he's, he, he had the right development camp. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you ever watch him his rookie year is... His uh, second year in the league, he he still makes a lot of mistakes. Right. Yeah. But now he just, dude, that Chiefs game was the best game. Oh yeah. Was one of the best games of I've ever seen. Probably, I've yeah. never seen better quarterback. I, quarterback. How many? I think it was twenty one point twenty four points scored in a minute and a half game time. Like, oh my lord! It was just sl- these two guys just slinging the ball, bro. And you know Crazy. he's special, right? Like, yeah. not no one. Well, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Josh Allen, like. Those are two special, special Even teams. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes was a guy that 
completely flew under the radar. Oh, yeah. And honestly, it's probably better he went where he went. Because exactly. he, he got the attention, like you were saying before. He got the attention to just... It really didn't matter if Patrick Mahomes <laughs> fucked up a game in college. Mm. No one really knew who Patrick Mahomes was. Yeah. If, if uh, who, whoever the Ohio State guy is I saw the other day, if he fucks up, everybody knows... If Trevor Lawrence in college fucked up, everybody knows. Mm. Like, Patrick Mahomes could fuck up a game and be okay. Yeah. Because he just needs... That kind he of didn't have that, like, you need to succeed now. Yeah. It, yeah it's that year like, under Alex Smith was huge for him, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. Also, it's also like the franchise you're at. So, like... Rodgers did three years behind Frost. Exa- there's, there yeah. were zero expectations on Patrick Mahomes to start, right? Like, yeah. it's like, okay, good young quarterback. Let's <clears> see if we can develop it. Then he does that, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yes. Whoa! Yeah. I guarantee you, Chiefs fans forgot about him when Alex Smith was taken to the Chiefs to the playoffs. They were like, "Who's our backup?" Oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Mm. You know, but no one knows who the backup quarterback is. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, like, it, it. The expectation athletes can very much get caught up in expectation, and I do make this example. What LeBron has done, right? Yeah, that's is incredible. Absurd. Yeah. I mean, the expectations put on an eighteen-year-old kid, and for him to blow him the up, chosen like, one. I don't. I don't care if you think Michael Jordan is better. I don't care if you think right, right, is better. Right, right, right. Like the fact that he's at, if he's not in your top ten, you don't know basketball. Oh, he's not yeah, top five. He's not he's your, not your yeah, top, I mean, I would argue I mean, he's not in your top, top two. three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. if it's not Michael Jordan, LeBron, or LeBron and Michael, yeah, it's one of the two, man. It's it's yeah. It's. I mean. It's absurd that the way he handled those expectations. Like, and now... And he's still going. He's still going. <laughs> it's crazy. And, you know, that is literally the chosen one. I mean, like, when, you, when he gets that tatted on his back, like, <laughs> yeah. he literally the chosen one. Because, you know, not everyone is going to deal with expectations like that. Not everyone no. is the LeBron James of their sport. Not every number one pick is LeBron James. You know? It's like, let the... This gets lost in translation just because... They get drafted and they make millions of dollars does not mean they are going to be the star player right out of the gate. And they get so much grief. You know, like Trubisky, so much grief. I, I just didn't think he was good. I didn't think they should have taken him. But these players get hated on early. Mm-hmm. And then they get a change. You know, a lot of them get a change of scenery and they ball and they, out. Yeah. yeah, It's like, oh, because... You know, either it's a better organization, it's a better team, whatever, better role. But also because, hey, I don't have to be Superman in the NFL, like yeah. or in the NBA. Like yeah. you're talking about like, the do you know highest what you're asking? level. Like, yeah, do you know what you're, you're asking? You're talking about the yeah. highest level yeah. of competition. Yeah. And you want me to be Superman? You want me to drop? You know, thirty five a game as a rookie? It's like, yeah. yeah you're I'll drop fourteen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's bad. No, that's good. Yeah. You know, obviously you got to keep building everything, but it's just it's crazy the way. Fans think one player is going to save their franchise. It's like that one player is going to be a piece of saving our franchise. For sure. And a lot of people think like Justin Fields, he's going to save the franchise. It's like, well, he's throwing to Nikhil Harry. So. And even with LeBron James, even with LeBron James, the Cavs didn't win shit. That's why he left. You know, it wasn't until they got the other pieces Kyrie, K Love, all that stuff. Like that, that they won, and then even when they did win, they had to have the craziest comeback in NBA Finals like history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So it, it's yeah, I agree. This whole like oh, this is this is our guy. It's like, oof. Mm-hmm. calm down. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think Steph benefited from getting was he twelfth, eighth, whatever he was. Steph benefited from going to Davidson. Steph yeah. benefited. Yeah. Steph got Steph got so much attention and basically got got the opportunity to make his game. He got he got the opportunity to be himself. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna take 35 footers. And, be, yeah. and you know? he it's got like, experience being the man on his team. He mm-hmm. got experience being a leader of men in the locker room. Like that is to build to to be recognized as like as, most of the time the best player is the leader. That's just how that works out. But. A lot of the times, the best player isn't a good leader. Yeah. Like, naturally, not a good leader. Like, think about this. Kevin Durant's probably the best player on most of the teams he's ever been on. That guy is the farthest thing from a leader, like, I've seen, Mm -hmm. right? He does not care about anything than himself. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, Steph had all these growing pains you never saw, which is probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. The opportunity to be a leader meant that when he got into the role of at the Warriors and developed at the Warriors, he's like, oh, I got this. Yeah. And steamrolled everybody. Because think about it, why do him, Draymond, and Clay still get along? It's been six years now. Most of these teams have blown up. Mm-hmm. Even the Miami Heat fell apart. Yeah. Right? Every big dynasty that's had their run of triage of players blows up. All of them signed new contracts. All of them. Mm-hmm. You know? I think, I think Draymond Green is a... I think Draymond Green is a... A great example. He's a dog. You should oh, for podcast. sure. I don't know if you've heard. I do. Yeah. His yeah, podcast is I right. have. I mean, he is... What does he average? Dude, he's, Eight, six, and two? He's the definition... Triple yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> Eight, he's the definition of a guy who, like, you guys are basically talking about. A guy who probably isn't a peach, but he's a pair. No, and, like, no, no, and he's like, a pair, and we need a pair. Yeah you, yeah, you need one of those. Because you got two he's not gonna, peaches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't need yeah. another peach. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, man. You need the defender. You need the guy who's going to do the dirty work, get a rebound, get a technical, fire the and team And get up. mad, yeah, and get yeah. mad. Like, like, push people around, defend your team, yeah. Dude, I love when he digs on Kevin Durant. Oh, dude. I love <laughs> he, he knew, he knew. That's the thing, too. Guys like that yeah. sniff out bullshit. Like, everyone, all the guys at the top level sniff out bullshit, but the guys like that don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, if he can sense that you're a fucking bitch, they will that yes. that alive and it's guys like Kevin Durant who are that good can get away with being that because yeah. they're Kevin Durant and like as much as you want to hate on Kevin Durant he's still gonna like put 35 on yeah, yeah. he's still gonna like as much as I don't like the guy I fear his basketball skill dude most effortless probably NBA player currently right now like it just it doesn't look his like he's trying at all no it doesn't it's, a it's just pull up Jay on that pull up right hand one dribble three pointer Fade away, back to the Which basket. Which is why a guy like Russell Westbrook is one of my favorite players, and I get clowned for this all the time. I love Russell Westbrook. I get it. He sucks now. It doesn't matter. Everything that guy stands for is what I want to embody. He is so about his confidence in himself that he doesn't care that Kevin Durant left. He doesn't care that they suck. Like, to a certain extent, that's not a good thing. But his, the, the level of confidence that he has in himself and his ability, despite the failure of game-to-game or moment-to-moment, is respectable, mm-hmm. is commendable. You know, it's the same thing with Jimmy Butler. He could have stayed on the 76ers. Well, he kind of dug himself out of that one. But <laughs> yeah. he could have been a nice guy. He could have gone... You don't think any one of these super teams could use a guy like Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Because he's not, he's just not there. 
in terms of being that Giannis superstar. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just not there for you. But he's everything else, mm -hmm. you know. And he's still like, no, I, I want to be the, I want to run this show. Yeah, you know. That's why he's so good in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's, he's unbelievable. In the and that's why guys like, with all due respect, we were talking about this last week. Chris Paul, James Harden. These guys consistently not winning slash choking. Mellow. In big mellow too, and I love mellow. Mm. He's my second favorite player. You know, I love them. like. Mellow too. He just didn't care enough. Yeah. He just didn't. No. That's fair. Some people just don't care enough. You could tell, bro. He didn't start caring until like recently when he got in shape. Yeah. Like he was kind of out of shape until for a until they were like, "Oh, he's falling off." Yeah. And then yeah. he was like, "All right." He had a comeback. Hoodie mellow. <laughs> I loved it. Put the hoodie on. Loved but yeah, shit, um, man. This is this, this has been our longest podcast. Two hours forty five minutes. Forty five minutes, dude. That's awesome. Um, just want to give a big shout out to Dylan. Follow his pages. Um, go ahead. What yeah, are shout they? out your IGs or not everything. DG underscore performance. Okay. Um, that's the handle. You can look up DG Savage Performance. That'll be. Uh, that's the, tech, like the name of the actual, brand. Mm -hmm. Cool. And uh, anything else you want to plug? Play hives. Play hives. Uh, Play hives, baby. Play yeah. hives the best. Uh, Gilgano Performance Systems in Orland Park, if you're out that way. Um, no, that's pretty much it, man. All right, Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. And uh, I'm saying right now, this is the best podcast I've ever done. Yeah. But, I, like, I say it a lot. Dude, yeah, was... says it after almost every <laughs> No, no, yes. no. But I'm serious, yes, yes, I know what you I'm mean. I'm so serious. Like, it, yeah. it, you, you said... You were like, you're going to like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Every time you said that, I'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, it's worked out. But yeah. no, I appreciate having you on, man. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, man. Go follow us. You already know the vibes. Shetty Show, S-H-E-D-D-Y-S-H-O-W. Interact with the pages. Let us know your comments. Let us know who you want to see next. Shiv, any final thoughts? No, nah, man. Peace, love. Stay safe out there.